Do not Do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. faders i'm still getting used to this new setup still getting used to it i don't know what up homie hi hey y'all hey, hi hi yeah, everybody so dark where you are my light above me died um oh, no. i pee your light no. uh well we could talk about that let's say welcome to everybody out there first uh it is wednesday night you know what that means it's time for the mark order podcast here on the shining wizards network i feel like i'm yelling but it's okay um kate the great is here now i'm gonna say this this may be the greatest night in the history of this great show because ryan's out and kyle's in ryan is out and kyle is in some bullet club shit. We jumped Ryan out. The That's Spark right. Club is up. That's what's up. Spark That's Club. It's like it. Brady for Bledsoe. That's it. We traded up. Um, hi, Kyle. Welcome. Hey, how's it going, guys? Going well. Going well. For those who might not have listened to one of our... We did a bonus show a while ago, Kyle. I think it was a Ring of Honor like a post show or something like that. You joined in um, and we talked some ring of honor. And I think you might, I don't remember if you did one other one. I think but, I might've guested with you at one point when uh, Kate and Ryan were on the cruise, I think. That's right. I think you are our cruise host. <laughs> so we're technically halfway to the greatest show ever because Kate's here, but um, Come on. I'm sorry. I got to give it up to the Kyle. No, See, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I wouldn't. I would not engage in that type of slander of Kate. You know. I, oh, I, uh, see, I love this guy. I like him better than Ryan already. <laughs> you and the other simps need to cut it out. <laughs> Let me tell you, Kyle, great people. Some of the other things, calm down. Calm down in the old replies. Not anybody that stops in here. Everybody, Everybody that stops it here is pretty normal for the most part. We've only had to block a couple people, and we time out Caden for a gimmick. But for the most time, I mean, part the people that come in here are pretty cool. There's one. It, 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 there's a sli- there's a sliding scale. It's it, it's there's a sliding scale with fans. So, another yeah. gimmick. All right. Okay. Just I'm not sending you feet pics, and I'm not <laughs> sending you my titties, and I'm not here to argue about whether or not Eddie Kingston should be New Japan Strong Champion. If you follow me on Twitter, you know my feelings. Fuck off into oblivion. That's true. And um, let me just, can I correct you at least about one thing? Sure. Um, You're not going to send feet pics 
or titty pics for free? Absolutely not. There you Every go. man has a price, as it said. That is very true. And also this, Kate, I've listened to I, I listen to a lot of talk radio, specifically like comedy talk, because when I worked in music, we listened to music all day, every day. I like burned myself out. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. So um, I listen to a lot of comedy talk radio and I've I've heard a number of female comedians say that they've done. Um, they do like uh, take money to do. Um, <sighs> oh, no. uh, to do uh, like uh, what is it like dick pic ratings or yeah uh, like to shame people for like uh, you know 30 seconds I guess while they take care of themselves yep people pay good money for that shit You'd be and you can make you can make you can make a good amount of money sorry I froze I'm not gonna I'm just gonna keep going it's all good at least something's cooled but, off um, in here, even if it's your internet, because it's fucking hot out. Oh. Well, it is hot. And you asked about above me, so my ceiling light, uh, I don't know why, it just stopped working the other day. I turned it on, and the lights came on and went dim really fast. And I was like, okay, it's happened before, and usually it's like when a light bulb pops and then the circuit like isn't complete for some reason. I don't know. It's a cheap ceiling fan. And um, tried taking bulbs out, putting new ones in. Um, nothing worked. So this light above me does not work. I had to move the lamp that was on my desk for the board. So that is gone. So we're just living by the, you know, campfire light of the computer screens. I kind of like it. I feel like you should be taking notes with a quill pen. I don't have a quill. I'm not Ryan. I don't have these props. <sighs> he does have a lot of props. Too many props. But it's okay. Kyle, you don't need props to be on the show. Please. That's a, nope. a Ryan-specific thing. No props, and um, you don't need to steal gimmicks. You're better than that? It's true. No gimmicks. No. We do We do drop hosts fast, man. We got Ryan Van Dam out, Danny out, Matt, Ryan. They're all gone. Well, I will say this, though. About at least two of those people that you mentioned... Um, uh, Van Damme and the doctor saw themselves out. That is true. We did not jump them out. No. And uh, Matthew uh, is just uh, living his, you know, busy life. So we can't, uh, you know, fault him for that. Schlong says he was too busy to watch Dynamite tonight, but he's finding time to be in the chat. I don't understand. For those of you who think it's me chatting, it is not. Uh, Ryan. That's Ryan. Because we put him in a timeout because he said he was too busy to do the show, but he's still chatting along. Yeah, but so, Asian Joe roasted him, so it's pretty great. Well, thanks, Asian Joe. <laughs> Very well. Thanks. Uh, so, uh, Kate, we usually start off saying what's up, but I want to talk to Kyle a little bit just because it's been a while since we've talked to Kyle. So we're just gonna we're just gonna do one of these, like, hey, Kyle. Hi, Kyle. <laughs> Welcome to Wrestle Talking Circle. <laughs> yeah. How uh, how have things been, Kyle? Watching you're watching Ring of Honor. I know that. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, that's a uh, that's that's weekly appointment television for me. Of course, you know, a, a card carrying ROH shill. I don't fucking know why right now, but <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? Yeah, you know, it's, it's rough right now. 
it's 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 rough. It is, but you know, there's we 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 look for the good. We try to be positive. We try to see you know the good in what's what's happening. We're glad that it's there at all. It's true. And I'm just glad it survived. They have the tape yes. library. They do. That's the most important. Even if even if we're still very 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 slow about getting it on. Why on, is it AEW dark with champions that show up on AEW instead of in the promotion? Why is so much of 2004 and 2007, two critical years to the history of that promotion, still not on Honor Club? I have issues. But the only time Kyle and I have actually been on a stream was I pulled him on the Fight Club for a 19-match marathon that we had to review. For We survived. It we just survived. kept going and going. And there were like two really great matches. Everything else was like pretty good. But Didn't advance it. anything. We made it. We survived, Kyle. Yep, it's true. But mm -hmm. what else you been up to? Good. Living the dream. It's uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, spend a lot of time with the kids. You know, they're they're on summer vacation, so we're getting to have some fun oh, yeah. time with them. So, you do anything for the fourth? Uh, no, we've got uh, our family owns uh, some lakefront property. Uh, just on one of the major inland lakes here in Michigan. So the kids went and. Had some fun there, and you know, souls having a lakefront property. I'm in the car yeah. on my way now. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> We're gonna road trip out to Michigan, Kate. That's right. Right here. <laughs> awesome Not here. Right, right, right hand. Right hand. Whatever. I'm using. Here you go. I'm going over here. We're it's here. like a uh, Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> Oh, God. And they call no, me they're, and money. They're, in, they're yeah. enjoying their summer. Our, we're going to take them on a road trip out of state this weekend. Should be a lot of fun. I was telling Ant before we got started, we're taking the kids to a, a, a concert festival thing in, in Wisconsin, in Milwaukee. This, this weekend, we'd planned this for several months. Imagine my shock and horror when last week they set up for it to happen this week on Collision, <laughs> CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. We're talking to a Ring of Honor historian. I have never been more and less happy at the same time in my life. My God. You gotta bring them. Gotta be yeah. young. <laughs> yeah. Right? Also, I believe it's pronounced Milwaukee. That's Algonquin for the good land. For those oh, who don't know. Wow. <laughs> yes. Good to know, Anne. That, 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 reference is, that reference could drink at this point several times over. Yes. Oh, Lord. Don't remind us we're old, Kyle. Come on. We hype <laughs> you up. We're like, this is going to be the best episode ever. And Kyle's like, I'm going to immediately remind you we're fucking old. Thanks, he's, he's Kyle. I'm, I'm older than both of you. I don't know, Kyle. Are you? You don't have to say here. You can put it in the private chat if you really want to. I am, and okay. I will. I'll even put it. I'll even put it in the private chat, even though I'm not particularly ashamed of it. <laughs> I don't like sharing my age because people on the internet. And are let's weird. see. We're heading over. No, Kyle. Oh no, Kate. Kate. Okay. All right, Kyle. We're very close, though. <laughs> we're very close. Let's put it this way. Right. I just. I just. 
I'm uh I'm just about two years below you. All right. Like All right. Kyle, you look great for 67 years old. That's true. <laughs> you look fantastic. I'm just I'm just two, I'm just I'm just two years away. That's right. From really looking nice. That's right. From looking nice. Have you submitted for your social security yet? That's the important thing. No, there's not gonna be any left anyway. It's gonna be fine. That's true. Topical. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Happy Fourth of July. Um, you have no rights, Kate. You definitely. I have the least amount of rights, but you know what, Aunt? That brings us to a good point. Uh oh. Because if you want to support women, wait, wait. I want to take care of extended business before we get off and running, just so we can. We had such a perfect segue. No, no, no. no. We'll get to that segue. Uh, I want to know how your fourth was. It was good. It was actually. I really needed like a day because I haven't had a day off since. The Saturday before last and I was fucking whipped from Toronto last week and I just never really recovered so um, I yeah because this past Saturday was Monday in the Bank and I had two shows on Sunday so I just needed a fucking day to like sleep in and fuck off and hang out <laughs> but I had to review NXT but other than that it was a lot of doing nothing Tried to go to some minor league baseball around here. Didn't end up going because we got some storms. Decided mm-hmm. to skip it. But just like did some errands. It was a very not like celebratory 4th of July, but it was a day I desperately needed as a human being. So I was happy about it. And then backed at it today. Damn right. And NXT? For as terrible of a show as it continually is, and a pre-taped episode, I was like, why is the pre-taped episode in front of, like, eight people who are going to be watching one of their best episodes they've had all year? I was like, all right. (laughs) I'll take it. It's better than hating it, but... You actually watched it on the 4th of July? I did. The grind don't stop. You can stop it whenever you want. Listen... Um, you might be at money. I'm here to get paid. All right. You don't pay, have to chill. Pay me on Fourth of July. You don't right have now. to pour yourself out to NXT, Kate. My God, there it's a more... real, it's a real, real silly time on the Tuesday night show. <laughs> I bet. I bet. We don't really talk about NXT that much. Well, why would you? <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. So let's. <laughs> and then Amy said Ryan looks so handsome this week. Agreed. Yeah. You look great. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, uh, you know. Um, so let's take care of a little business, uh, Kate. We should let everybody know who's listening. If you've uh if you submitted for stickers, I think I sent out like 80, 80 to 90 envelopes over two days. So stickers are on the goddamn way, okay? So, your stickers are coming. Did you send them to Jesse Ozog? Jesse Ozog. I don't even have like uh, good bed music that I can play on this thing yet. I haven't had the time to find stuff. Oh my god! How many ways are you going to screw over Jesse Ozog? You don't have it's good not, music. He's not even here in the chat yet. I wait until he's here to give my apologies. Anyway, just asking. Stickers went out, so thank you to everybody who was waiting patiently. And for those people who may have gone looking for stickers, we do have to say uh, we've put the stickers on pause. 
because we are just about out of fucking stickers again. And I cannot reload that quickly. So we're putting the stickers on pause. We appreciate your poor wife. What? She, she offered. Let me tell you something, Kate. She's offered to help with me, you know, to help write envelopes or do whatever I need. Help you reload faster. Yeah. Good women will do that from time to time. It's true. <laughs> but I've, I've a, actually. There was a blue chew read right there. And I'm not. And you didn't well, take it. Until they, they give us tight. money. Yeah, that's right. They're not getting any love. Um, Human sacks of money. That's right. Uh, so stickers are on pause right now. So if you do go looking for stickers, unfortunately, we're not accepting. We appreciate everybody who has submitted for stickers. And there are going to be a few people who unfortunately uh, aren't getting stickers. But we're going to keep you on hold. We'll notify you just because we're literally out again. I, I, I ordered a little bit over a hundred stickers and we're pretty much out because I backlogged some of those stickers and we got to hang on to some for some other stuff if we're being honest. So, um, so thank you to everybody for the support. So Kate, mm-hmm. there's gotta be other ways for people to support us, right? There sure are. And in these tumultuous times where it seems like the Supreme court is willing to take away rights at any given moment, completely out of the blue, there's only one real way that you can support the Mark Order, and you can support me, who works here at the Mark Order, and is a woman. Ergo, if you would like to support women, during this trying time, if you actually want to step up and be an ally, you can go to ProWrestlingTees.com, just search for the Mark Order podcast, you can buy one of our many t-shirts i believe there's four designs it might be five i'm really sorry i need to see them in front of my face it's but four. i thought it was four okay i nailed it get the one with the front and back design because it's the coolest looking one and it's the most expensive so you'd be supporting women to the most maximum extent that you can support women by buying a mark order t-shirt and because we are allies of the gay community as well and businesses can just discriminate against the gay community. We're not here to do that. We are such good allies. We will take the money of anybody. Anybody on the LGBTQ spectrum, we are allies, and we will take your money willingly. Okay? We're not here to discriminate. We want your business because we support you, and we are willing to take your money because of that, because we're so great. So support women. We support the gays. Support the girls and the gays. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> right. And guess what, Kate? Guess what? For that gimmick who, has worked multiple times. <laughs> it's worked like two, two times in the, the week. It's that we two times too many because if you if you let me know it worked, I couldn't keep fucking doing it. <laughs> but not even I'll say this, not consistently. It's been weeks apart. Okay weeks apart that's all right we need to be more consistent i'll say this though it's a good time if you'd like to show your support because there is a fourth of july sale going on right now at pro wrestling tees all you have to do is use code america 23 you'll save 20 percent on your pro wrestling tees order and there's free shipping on uh free u.s shipping on orders over 150 dollars so like kate said Go to the link tree, click the button to go there directly. Go to prowrestlingtees.com slash markorderpod or just search Mark Order Podcast on Pro Wrestling Tees. Pick up one of our fine t-shirts 
that you see on the site. Couple single sided prints, front prints only, couple double sided. Personally, I like the uh the two mics double sided Kate. I think that's the coolest looking one because I it has too, little, the little breast logo and then the big logo on the back. But you like you the know, titty logo, I get it. Love them titties. Um so yeah, uh feel free to support us that way. And again, maybe, maybe I can't promise anything, but maybe if we if we wind up having some stickers left over for some of the people who've ordered shirts who've never gotten stickers, maybe we could shoot you some stickers. So it's not a promise, but it might be something we can do if we have some stickers left over. Sorry, Kyle, we had to take care of some business. We have to try to pay the bills. You know what I mean? It's true. Have to try to pay. Kate, don't work cheap. That's right. She, she needs to get paid. Well... We're not paying her, so that's fine. <laughs> Somebody else can pay her. Um, so, yeah, wanted to let everybody know about that. Also, uh, uh, apparently we're on threads now. Uh, so for those who maybe don't know, threads is basically Instagram's Twitter. Oh, I knew that was becoming a thing. I didn't know. It's a thing because I got an alert today. Want to join threads? And I was like, what the fuck is threads? And I did it. And I was like, this is weird. <laughs> but but um, we're here. <laughs> but we're on it. So if you're on threads, follow at Mark Order Pod. <laughs> Give us all the follows. I don't know what we're going to be doing, but probably be just like what's going on Twitter. Yeah. It's going to be the same content duplicated. But you'll be able to see it because there won't be any rate limit bullshit. So that'll be neat. Oh, there is no uh, limit. That's right. Yeah. I'm also on Hive and Blue Sky and all the other ones that came out and were, you know, a flavor of the week for a second. So, like, sure, maybe let's do this one too. Well, I have this a feeling. This one's at least, yeah, like backed by Instagram though, right? So that's good. Yeah. And I have a feeling that they're trying to suck up some of the void of people perhaps leaving Twitter. Like, uh, Those like advertising a dollars, pal. Canadian wildfire. They are leaving Twitter. Um, anyway, I don't know where I'm going with that, but we're on fucking threads. We're all over the place at Mark. So I guess enough business guys. Maybe we should talk about a little bit of wrestling because without Ryan here tonight, we just won't have somebody who's agreeing with everything and loving everything. I have a feeling Kyle oh my will God. I really not like be this. a contrarian, not love everything. I don't have a Ryan voice, Kate, but I could do like, uh, why don't you ask Ryan a question? Uh, Ryan, what did you think of Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker tonight? I really loved it. I loved it so much. Nailed it. Good enough. Uh, Ryan. Okay. I'm not going to give him the other voice. The Sammy Guevara voice. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sammy Guevara. I just like playing with it. I don't have the robot voice. That would be Ryan. I like everything. I loved it. It was great. <laughs> I was just learning <laughs> to love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. His battery fell out. All we um, do is work. <laughs> <laughs> oil cream um anyway uh so this will be fun because ryan won't be here to just love everything um 
So why don't we do this? Why don't we talk a little bit about Rampage and Collision? We're not going to go super deep. We'll run through the cards. Apparently, just saying it, uh, the third week of Collision, not so great in the ratings. But I thought the show was okay. So who knows? Saturday's tough. Kyle told us before he'd be watching it, but he's got to live his goddamn life. He's got to take those kids to a concert. I get it. It's true, I mean, but also, I, like, it's a holiday weekend. Why were people expecting ratings to be good? <laughs> I mean, that's true, too. Yeah. I mean, I've been watching this. I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna wind up missing this one, which is, of course, when we're doing Punk and Joe, which mm-hmm. is the one you want to see. I get so, it. I one. The only one. Um. All right. So on Rampage on June 30th, um, we kicked off with Claudio defeating Commander. Uh, and for those who maybe uh, hadn't gotten to see Commander, this was a pretty good look at Commander. Uh, I thought he was going to lose his skull a couple times uh, from Claudio. But again, I've sort of said this before about Claudio. And Kate, I think you can sort of attest to me saying this numerous times. I feel like you can put Claudio in the ring with anybody of any style and he's going to hold his own. Like this easily could have been a like, what am I supposed to do with this? But like Claudio is such a pro that it was not a problem. And Commander looked great. Yeah, Claudio was like, I don't want to do with this. I'm going to uppercut him into the moon. <laughs> and throw him anywhere I want to. <laughs> Holy hell. Uh, you're right in that Claudio can just work with anybody. Like, I always reference his match with Takeshita on Battle of the Belts because it's one of the few things I've ever cared about in Battle of the Belts. Like, one of the few things I really sunk my teeth into because the rest is just good matches. But that one was, like, so outstanding. And then you take a match like this, um, you take a match like Blood and Guts, and he just stands out all the time. This heel run has been what I always thought Claudio could kind of be, and I really, really, really liked it. Um, But that finish, I don't know if it's just because I was in my Tekker rabbit hole. I've moved on to dancers now. I'm over Tekkers. I'm on to, like, the Danny Garcia dancing thing. That's I'm in, 100%. Okay. but, like, I love Super Logical. I feel like there's been an uptick in American television wrestling of how people are handling high flyers. And I've long said that the Samoa Joe walkaway spot is the best way to, and I stand by that. But I love seeing on American television, especially more like meeting someone with a European uppercut or catching somebody into an arm bar or walking away from them. Like, these logical ways. Or the, like, playing possum and meeting them at the rope spot. I've been seeing a lot more of that in general, too. So, like... Um, it just, I'm, I'm not like an anti flippy do gal, but I do appreciate when we see finishes like this of like, Hey, I'm enormously strong and you're a little dude flying in the air. Why don't I meet you with a European uppercut and end your life is fun shit to me, buddy. I will take that any day of the week. Thought that was super fun. And probably my favorite thing on, on this past rampage was that ending. Yeah. It it was fun, so much fun. Uh, Kyle, yeah. What I want your thoughts on this, too, because Claudio is our reigning uh, Ring of Honor world champion. He is. And this played right into arguably one of Claudio's biggest strengths. And it's been this way forever because he is so impossibly strong as a human being. Claudio might be the best base in all of professional wrestling. Uh, he And he had this on his original run in Ring of Honor. 
Uh, you saw great matches with Matt Seidel. You saw great matches with El Generico. You saw you know, Claudio and High Flyers mix really, really well for that reason. And as soon as I saw Commander be announced as an opponent, I thought, this is going to be fantastic. You know, and yeah, I'm very, I'm very on board for any of that for with Commander, with Vikingo, with Bandito, with you know, any of that crew would put out something amazing. It's basically Ryan. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, <laughs> I'm kidding. It did rule. <laughs> I will like it if it's good. There, see, there's, there it is. Yeah, Ryan just likes it because he's simping. And guess what? Simping ain't easy. We've heard it's, it. It ain't. It's not it ain't. easy. <laughs> um. Also, I just have to let you know, Kate. You invoked. You invoked the name earlier in your in your lead up to whatever uh, you were talking about, Claudio loving Claudio. Yeah. You invoked the name Battle of the Belts. Oh no! Did I Battle remind the them that they have this? <laughs> oh yeah, you did because it's oh, slated, no. it's slated right now, I believe, on the TNT schedule for July fifteenth, following Collision. Hi. <laughs> So we might be doing a watch along here <laughs> for Collision Battle of the Belts. I'm just saying. All right. We'll figure it out. What are they cool. doing with ROH? I can't even. I can't. No, I can't. I can't. We can't. That's going to maybe, maybe maybe the ROH tag titles can be defended on another show that's not ROH again. There you go. Hey, you know what? They need some primetime television time, I guess. Who the hell knows? It just makes no sense. Anyway. Kate, I just thought you should know. I hope you're looking forward to July 15th where no belts are going to change hands. Yeehaw. Oh, maybe that'll be where we see the FTW belt get put on the line. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about it. We got to get to that. That's actually, that's a, that's a possible shout. Well played. It should be. Uh, Sean Spears defeated the blade. It was basically uh Canada versus might as well be Canada match. Um, perfectly fine with Sean Spears uh, getting some love here in Canada. Uh, let's see. Harley Cameron came out uh, as part of the entrance for QT Marshall and jo Oh, hold on. I want to do something. Johnny Television. Uh, I know. I got I to gotta work on that. Uh, hey, it's a but, new soundboard. We'll find it. I don't have everything programmed. God. Do better. I'll try. Um, so Johnny TV and QT Marshall uh, beat Matt Hardy and Brother Zay. Uh, Ethan Page got in the ring afterwards to stop the heels from uh, do, uh, attacking uh, Hardy and Zay. Uh, but uh, Ethan Page got taken out. So Daddy Ass and the, the Acclaimed made the save. And then we get uh, a ladies match. I'm not going to lie. I only knew who one of these ladies was. Uh, I knew Taya Valkyrie was in this match. Did not know the other young lady from Japan. Her name, I believe, was Shida. Hikaru Shida. So close. Okay. <laughs> but either way, uh, Shida won. Uh, so Taya Valkyrie, another L in her column. That match was great. <laughs> I'll say this. W for her Instagram photos. Big dubs. Dub. Win. Um, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I didn't have a problem with the match. Again, I'm just kind of like, what are we doing with Taya Valkyrie? If we're gonna if we're gonna make her go heel, fucking push her over the cliff already. You know what I mean? Like, let's get there. I'm just kind of like, you know, what are we doing? Because it seems like they did her such a disservice with what they did when they brought her in. So it's like, okay, where are we going? And that I feel- didn't put her in the Owen either. Yeah. They didn't Real put weird. Any- in the Owen. I mean, I know. <laughs> She's just from Canada. Who you know? Who cares? It it's like Will Osprey's dream Owen Cup. There's nobody from Canada in it. Okay. Um, I so I agree with you. I feel like they need to cement her as being a firm heel. But I don't know if Rampage is the place to do that right now with the way the AEW ecosystem is. I feel like it was really important for her to have a really good match because the matches with Jade were a little bit on and, and off the second one was way better than the first but this was a nice reminder of what she's really great at in the ring so i was happy to see that because i felt like the match was really really strong um but i agree like let's she came in as such a big deal and then they were like you're mostly going to be on rampages that are at like 4 30 p.m eastern because you got here right as right. as playoffs were starting and then um you know they haven't really there's not a lot of room for the women's roster right now outside of the outcast stuff. And I would like to see that change since that story is a little bit stalled as well. So I, I would like to see some, some more diversity in that, but from a, a main event women's match on rampage, this was, I thought was really, really good. Yeah. yeah and, and I mean, I guess part of it, part of that outcast thing is sort of being hampered by, um, uh oh god uh jamie hater being hurt right like because what are you going to do without jamie hater but i your point is well received kate uh agreed um kyle any thoughts on any of the other matches we watch it's but you know i didn't even ask anybody i'll throw it to you kyle but talk about anything um uh johnny tv i don't think looked awful in his debut and i kind of like what him and qt marshall have going on i i like it i I, I I I think Johnny works better as sort of a featured player for QTV uh, in a way better than Hobbs. You know, so that I think I think that's a great move, and if if it lets Hobbs sort of free up to go, you know, be a, a heel monster and wreck shop on his own, you know, more is the better. Um, so that's so that's great. Uh, it was nice to see them pick up a win. It was nice to see that Johnny actually got the win instead of like QT stealing the pinfall or whatever cheap heat they managed there. Um, the women's thing was great to see Sheeta show up on TV again and actually wrestle on TV again, get a match on TV again. Taya, yeah, I'm I'm with I'm with you both in the sense that they need to figure out a way to get her over the edge or do something because there have literally been moments that I have compl- that she has come out on a run in or an attack or whatever. And I had to remind myself, Oh yeah, she's actually on the roster. Yeah. She shouldn't be getting never a good thing for coming back when she isn't, hasn't really gone anywhere. Right. Like I know she had the finger injury for a little bit, but I'm like, it's like when people come back from injuring at a huge pop, but she's just not on television. So uh, I'm with you. Yes. She had a finger injury finger as matt would say <laughs> finger <laughs> matt says things funny but finger and finger. The, the, sh- the show was perfectly acceptable like 
Spears and Blade was fine. Yes. It was fine. <laughs> I am a variant on Johnny Drip Drip and QTV. I'm very, very much on uh, yes. that train. I feel like they tried to do a contrasting thing with QT and Hobbs and it didn't work. And they were like, we're going to go in the other direction where it's a perfect thing and it is working. And we'll talk about QT Marshall's spot on Collision because he took one bump and I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> he sold his ass off for that. <laughs> yes, he did. And we're going to talk about Collision right now. Uh, so let's dive right in. Good segue. Um we had, uh, you know what? I'll say this about the production. It's a production thing with uh, Collision. I love how they lead into the, the intro with sort of these show promos. You know what I mean? Like building up the actual show. I think it's a cool look because nobody really does that. Um, I think at one point maybe the WWE tried it and then they sort of went away from it again. And they it's don't. A, it's a lot to do. It's a lot. That is. To that do. is. Yeah. Oh. I'm talking the 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 pre-show promos, the the, yeah. the thirty second or whatever. Yeah, that that's a tr that's a throwback to like Saturday night's main event in the late eighties. And they switch that. up the entrances or the the start of the show every time too. The theme, like it's yes. it's always featuring the talent that's going to be on that week. I love that, especially for a new show where you're not sure who's going to be showing up. Yeah, and I know I know they did it in the eighties, Kyle. But I think there was a time period, and more recently, sometime in the two thousand, that, that they sort of wheeled that back out and tried it, and then they like did away with it. Like I guess they were just like, whatever, we don't need it. But I love the way that they're doing it with this show um, because it makes it feel different, right? It's supposed to be different, and it's a great build to like what you're going to see tonight, especially because you're trying to capture an audience who might not be watching you on Wednesday. So it's like. Oh, okay. Here's what I'm going to see. These guys look cool. Okay. I might as well stick around and check it out. But as we get into the show, we lead off with the premiere of MJF on Collision. And MJF just destroys poor Kip Morst, maybe one of the worst names in wrestling. My apologies, Kip, but Kip Morst. R.I.P. Kip Morst. <laughs> yeah. Via submission with the crossface, uh, which is a. Uh, it's a nice nod to Chris Benoit. But after the match, he grabs the mic and tells everybody to keep your mouth shut uh, while he talks. And he's supposed to have a day off, but instead he had to come to crappy ass Hamilton. And uh, he called them the most, the dumbest, most worthless pieces of trash he's ever seen in his life. Just aces work at MJF. He is rude, but it's good work. And he said he's so positive that uh, of that that he would beat anyone who walks through the curtain who's from there, and he would put his title on the line. So some huge guy starts to walk out. I don't remember if they said who it was. I don't have the name in front of me. My apologies. But uh, MJF calls him a tub of goo. Uh, he didn't even make it way all all the way down the ramp, and that's when Ethan Page comes out and walks right past him basically told him to get lost and that he was going to take care of things. And they basically go back and forth. Uh, Ethan page gives his story, you know, how, uh, you know, uh, he's, you know, not a bare minimum bitch or something like that. I don't know. Uh, and you're not my world champion. Uh, so basically the challenge is handed out, uh, and MJF goes up right again against Ethan page. Good showing in my book by Ethan Page. Love seeing it. Uh, but MJF wins. Did not think MJF was going to lose. But 
like seeing Ethan Page. But here's my problem with seeing Ethan Page is every time I see Ethan Page on TV, I say, why can't I see more of Ethan Page on television? And I'd like to see him win on television. It's not like they have some tournament that's happening in Canada in the like honor of a community. Oh, wait. But it's not like Ethan Page was ever in a tag team called the North. Oh, wait. <clears throat> nope. But it's not like on Dynamite tonight, the guy that owns his contract had a lethal lottery and could you know, have randomly picked somebody that would have been a great star. Oh, fucking wait. They picked Jeff Jarrett instead. Hey, um, come on. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. That's a uh, top story. I share your pain point on Ethan Page. I loved this match. I also loved MJF using the Tanahashi uh, dragon screw. That was great. Um yeah, this match was really fun. I really, I really liked Collision. It has the same. It feels so different from Dynamite, but it has the same snap that you're like, "Holy shit, we're an hour forty five into this already," kind of thing, um, yeah. which is is really helpful, especially for a Saturday show. But this was a great way to start it off, and I've also loved all the MJF trolling on Twitter about like, I can't believe you're making me wrestle more than once every six weeks. Like, how dare you, people? Yeah. You're sick heathens. <laughs> I think he also on social media said that it's wreaking havoc on his cat. It is. At his depression. Justice for Piper. Justice for Piper, man. Man. Uh, Kyle, do you agree with wanting to see more Ethan Page on television? 100%. Uh, he, it was just such a great fired up, you know, baby face promo. Really he just hit all the notes, did a great job. His presentation is always so good. He's always so crisp in the ring. I don't know what more the guy has to do other than hit it out of the park literally every chance he gets, and he has been. And That's how I felt about Ricky for a really long time, too, where it was just like every time this guy's on my screen, I'm like, that's a top guy, that's a star. Um, and, and now that they found he, some footing for him, I'm hopeful that maybe the added TV time will help, but... Man. And he can he can work as a baby face. They can they can get something out of this angle with Matt Hardy to sort of get him over organically as a face. He can work as a heel. He's versatile. He, I, I, I don't know what more you want, Tony. Yeah, I mean, from the time Ethan Page came in, he was doing good stuff. Like, remember when him and Scorpio Sky in Jacksonville threw Darby Allen down a flight of <laughs> cement steps? Like, yeah, I do. I mean. Listen, I love Ethan Page. I just don't understand why we're not seeing him more on television. And now you have two shows and you have Ring of Honor. So if you really need to put him somewhere, there are plenty of options. I mean, please give me more Ethan Page. Like, he's so good. Um, but this was a nice showing. So let's, you know what? I'm going to say, guys, let's take the, the little wins and hope that they lead to bigger things that's all we could do we're living one day at a time on a wing and a prayer sounded very ryan of you to be honest you know what how rude how rude <laughs> um i'm gonna go into my other voice but uh i just saw i haven't been looking at the chat there was a request uh from brendan heaney he asked me to say that baby i'm gonna butter your bread. Did that sound as good as you had hoped? 
That's all I want to know. I, I think you I'm, should I'm, be charging for that as well. I'm I'm Ooh. deeply uncomfortable. We could do cameos. There you go. Let's do cameos. They're just going to be voice cameos. That's all. Cameos. Cameos. Um. Next in the night, we get Dustin Rhodes versus Powerhouse Hobbs in our uh, Owen tournament uh, quarterfinal. And um, Hobbs winds up defeating Dustin Rhodes. Uh, I don't even know if I said that. It was Hobbs versus Rhodes. I did say Dustin Rhodes. Yeah. Uh, Hobbs winds up winning, and that basically sets him up in the semis to face the winner of Ricky Starks versus Juice Robinson, which is coming up. Uh, so, um, listen, uh, we can talk about this. We don't have to go into length about this, but all I know is that I did not expect Dustin to win. I thought it was a perfectly fine match because we have to set up the story of what we eventually get to. So this was perfectly fine in my book. It was a means to an end. We'll just say this. Dustin Rhodes did not have to be in this. They could have found somebody else. Maybe a Canadian. Could have put Ethan Page here. That's right. He still would have lost, but you he would have been a Canadian. You could have put your TNT champion Christian Cage, also Canadian, in this against a former TNT champion and Hobbs right well, here. He is not the TNT champion. Let's be very yes, clear. He's not. Yes, he is. He does have the belt. But that he's on he is not the champion. Sure. He's he's not. If you look uh, he's not. It's Luchasaurus. I don't he's know. From what I've seen on television and what I've been told, I've never even seen Luchasaurus near the belt and Christian Cage. is telling me all about the things they're gonna do with this magnificent title run, so I don't believe Luchasaurus actually exists. Oh, that's a whole different that's a whole different issue. So basically, uh Kyle K. Sparks, you hear it first. Kyle K. Sparks is a dinosaur denier. Um, especially a wrestling dinosaur denier, and that's okay. Uh, wow. We're not here to, I guess, kink shame anybody, but I will say this. If you happen to take a look at uh at a roster page here. Uh, I believe this gentleman is listed as your TNT champion. Who's that, Kate? Who's this guy? Uh, I don't know, but that oh. seems like an oversight on their part. Where's his title? It's right. That's not there. That's no, his shoulder. That's like his shoulder. Yeah. I don't know. Seems I'm actually scrolling. See, that's see now. This is funny though. As we scroll down, right? You see everybody with their their titles. Them with the title. And Luchasaurus doesn't have one. That is fantastic. That's pretty great. Scorpio's got his. Sammy's got his. Cody Rhodes there with his. Miro with his. Darby. Two different Cody's. Look at that. Nightmare Cody. variant. Three different, different Cody's. My goodness. That's fantastic how they have Luchasaurus there, but he doesn't have his belt. That is A plus work. <laughs> hey, Pretty clutch. Uh, anyway, let's go back. Uh, we had Miro uh, against Anthony Henry. Uh, rest in peace, Anthony Henry. Uh, this was not going to go your way. Uh, Miro Crush. Um, 
and a dominant win. He's still godless, and um, he looks good. Uh, don't know where we're going with this. Um, maybe international title? Anybody have any thoughts? We don't have to dig deep into this, but it's just like at this point, I want to see Miro start to face real competition. I really want to see him. Now, I can't get my Fight Club host's booking out of my head of him telling. I guess he's, he's rejected his God, but the idea of him telling his God that he would make dinosaurs extinct a second time was like really, really in my head. Uh, I feel like this Luchasaurus reign is going to go to Christian. Um, but I would really like to see this title not on Luchasaurus, and I would very much like to see it back on Miro. International title would be fun, but I don't know if that's the... They put so much equity into this Orange Cassidy reign, man. Like, I don't know if you um, if you can do that. Like, Because I feel like the Miro story is him squashing him out of the air, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if you want to do that with, with how how productive this has been for March Cassidy. I feel like it would really cut his legs out from under him. So. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that it would, I, if I'm being completely honest and that I've, I've talked about this for a while now. And I like the idea of uh, a big monster coming in and just crushing orange Cassidy because he just can't, he's, he's so very tired. He's he is so, so real banged up, and they are sewing that story really well. But, um, and and Miro would be a good option. Uh, I can, conti- I've been continually saying Lance Archer would be a good option for that role, too. Um, because where the hell has Lance Archer been? Um, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this because I, I kind of thought he was on his way to dropping it sooner rather than later, but like Lance Archer is going to be in the G1 right? I don't know if it's like a good time to do it. Like, does Orange Cassidy drop it at Wembley? Back to pack, maybe? That could be really fun. Um, But I don't know if you have him drop it in kind of this quieter season when you have All In, All Out, Arthur Ashe, like all these things coming up. Eddie Kingston versus Orange Cassidy and uh, Arthur Ashe would be a really cool moment, but we'll talk about him later in news and notes, I'm assuming. Yes. I'm so happy. You just really want to see Eddie Kingston win something at Arthur Ashe. That's not, you know, on dark. Well, yeah. Cause they put him on fucking a two hour rampage two years in a row, but it's like, man, when I was at forbidden door, I know I'm an Eddie Mark, but the reactions were insane for him. It was like him, CM Punk, like we're kind of rivaled and how loud they were. And I was like, man, that, Arthur Ashe would just fucking erupt for that guy. And I feel like they haven't showcased him that well the past two times that they've done it. And like they have now spent four and a half years of Eddie Kingston not winning the big one. You 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 can't do that story for another five years. Like you gotta have it pay off eventually. I thought that's what they were doing with the ROH match with Claudio. They still might because Eddie was obviously injured, it looks like, uh, with the the hernia surgery, but now he's working the G1, so go get him, Eddie. That rules. Yeah. My assumption remains that it's going to be final battle for Eddie. Yeah, that would make sense. can hold Claudio ducks and dodges as long as he possibly can. Eddie finally corners him at final battle, you know, wins the title, has his amazing moment. Uh, but that just that also assumes we can, you know, 
keep it, everything going and keep it relatively hot until December. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's that's the only way you could figure out how to get them there, right? Because it won't be uh, coming up in, in Trenton. Uh, Eddie will not be available. So we He's will see. hanging in the G1 in that C block, which is just full of crazy matches for Eddie Kingston. If you haven't looked up the C block in Eddie's block in G1. He deserves it. There's going to be some good stuff in there. Eddie and Shingo, Eddie and Ishii, Eddie and even Hanare should be a lot of fun. Like, oh my goodness, that's going to be great top to bottom. It is a good card. Uh, it is a good block. So we'll see. Uh, Kate will be watching all of it, and I'm sure talking about it somewhere. Um, this is maybe Kate's favorite point in collision. We get Bullet Club interviewed by Tony Schiavone, and we do find out it's official, Kate. The guns are part of the Bang Bang Gang. And who lets us know, Kate, about the guns being part of the, the club? Kate? Exactly. Who lets us know, Kate? I don't want to say. Please say it. No. I'm queued up and ready to go. <laughs> Switchblade. Jay White. Really says, cool. you know who really I cool. want in my quarter? These fucking clowns. Come on, it works. <laughs> it works with Juice because they silly as hell. When <laughs> Juice did that promo of, why are you always telling me to go to sleep? I got a full eight hours. I was like, okay, him and Austin Gunn can do some really fun shit. Colton Gunn is human ambient to me. I don't get it with that guy. Uh, and I don't get why Jay White would choose these fellas, but I'm I'm growing into it a little bit. It just does not feel like it feels like MasterCard Bullet Club is just not even close to what they're building out with real Bullet Club in New Japan right now. Like they just refound their footing in this really cool way. And I'm like, the guns? Really? In, in, in a in a way that they haven't been since probably close to when they debuted 10 years ago. They, this Bullet Club is hard-hitting and violent and young and mean. And Bullet Club Gold makes... Goofy motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, maybe that's maybe that's by design. Maybe that maybe that's a whole idea that uh David Finlay is trying to point out this is just who Jay White continues to bring in for his group. This is apparently who he wants. And Design something else sucks. <laughs> You're not wrong. Thank you. Listen, I think the guns fit this Bullet Club Gold just fine. Ryan, is that you? No, no, no. Listen, Bullet Club Gold is full of cocky guys and the gun gun, gun stand what a guns brothers bros stand over there it's giving ryan <laughs> i'm gonna mute kate because she can't mute me so um i just think that it works because it's what uh it, it's sort of like what this bullet club gold is sorry kate i unmuted you 
My bad. Then I remuted myself because I was unmuting myself at the same time. That's right. Um, I just think it works because, you know, look at Juice. He's cocky as shit. You know, Jay White is cocky as hell. The guns are cocky. It's this cocky bullet club gold faction. I just think it works together and they're just going to do what they do, right? They're just going to back each other up and cheat to win and all this kind of stuff. I think it works. It's probably not going to work in the long run, but I think right now everything sort of fits together the way they're trying to piece it there. I know Kate, uh, Kate, Kyle, Kate, uh, as you know, has a very high standard of tag teams. It's, uh, Jay Lethal and um, and uh, Jeff Jarrett. Sure. Then the Guns. Big gap. Uh, oh wait, I'm sorry. Uh, not a big gap yet. The Guns, Techno Team 2000. Big gap. Exactly. Everybody else. Yeah. She said uh, FTR would probably be at the bottom of her all time list. Bottom. Not yeah, top. Yeah. Bottom. If you're so, honestly like, if your Mount Rushmore of tag team wrestlers doesn't include. The guns, Jarrett and Lethal, mm-hmm. Techno Team 2000, probably high energy. I was just going to say high energy. <laughs> With Frankie the Macaw, um, I don't, I don't really know what we're doing. So, Kate, I haven't seen it yet, by the way. But the the last, well, I don't know if there was a dark side this week. Last week's dark side was about Junkyard Dog, and did you see that one yet? I did not. So um, they talked to Coco Beware. And the whole time, I'm just like, where's Frankie? Please, dear God, where's Frankie? Frankie's dead. I was looking for Frankie, too. I know, but I was looking for Frankie, too. You know, like Snowball 1, Snowball 2. I don't think you probably have to be on Frankie 2 or at least maybe 3 by now. No, they live so long. If he didn't die in a fire, he would still be alive. But he did die in a fire, Ed. I know he did. I looked it up and I got so sad. And then a little uh, a little context uh, for those maybe who don't recall, Kate did think <laughs> that Frankie had an actual physical resting place. Because there was an article written about him and it was like, pay honor to him here. Yes, in an online memorial. Kate thought we were going to road trip to see Frankie the Macaw's grave. And then we quickly realized, uh, hey, it's just a online memorial. Anyway. Where you can pay your yeah. respects by signing a guest book from 1993 or whatever. That's right. On uh, Angel Fire or something like that. Uh, anyway, guns up. Uh, let's see. We go backstage. Starks is getting uh, pumped up for his match. So uh, CM Punk uh, is talking, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're talking back to the Bullet Club. Anyway, we're going to Ricky Starks versus the Juice is Loose Rock Hard Robinson. Um, and Ricky Starks winds up beating Juice. Um, to advance to the semifinals of the Owen tournament. And that sets up a grudge match. Ricky Starks versus, um, versus powerhouse Hobbs. So, um, that's scheduled for this week. So, uh, unfortunately Kyle won't see that one either. Um, 
but it is this week. I'm sure he'll be DVR. Um, there was after the match a Bullet Club gold surround the ring, uh, but Punk and FTR come down to make sure nothing happens. Um, and we're moving on. My favorite part of that whole bit, though, the crowd who loves Ricky Starks and does not want to see anything bad happen to Ricky Starks and hates Jay White and the Guns and Bullet Club still booed CM Punk when he came down to save Ricky Starks. That is right. That is it's right. We're not, something about that is, that's just amazing. We're not in his backyard anymore, that's for sure. No. No, we're in Kenny Omega's backyard, in fact. That's right. Um. So yeah, I didn't have a problem with this match. We knew. I think. I mean, I think we all knew where this was going, right? You had to set up the grudge match. I think we all knew Dustin ain't winning, so it's going to be Hobbs. You got to have Ricky versus Hobbs, because like as much as that story was sort of finished, it's really not. They still have this, um, you know, this lingering issue that was never really resolved. And if I may, uh, very quickly here, I'd like to say, uh, Heidi Ho to my guy. Jesse Ozog. And I do uh, really quickly just also want to say uh, Jesse Ozog. Um, I, uh, I still apologize uh, for not being so professional for getting the stickers out late to you, but you should know Jesse. You're one of the few that got stickers because uh, we pause the stickers. So you did get them. You made the cut. Thanks for being supportive, buddy. Appreciate you. Uh, so, um, you know, I don't know if you guys have anything to say about the match. I thought it was a perfectly fine match. We knew where it was going to go and I'm looking forward to the Hobbs match. Yeah. I mean, juice is, hasn't, uh, juice hasn't really found his footing in AEW yet. I hope he, I hope he can at some point he's super talented. He's got personality for days, but this wasn't it. This wasn't the time. <laughs> Oh, see, I thought it was really good. I actually oh, I mean, thought this match was a whole lot of fun. I, I feel like um, this is the closest he's been. But I, I really liked this match. I felt like it was more of a showcase of what he, he can do, um, which was refreshing. So I think I think more over more, like people start to see it. I feel like that happened with Kyle O'Reilly. They started to have it with Juice. Like there's been strings of matches. Roddy's on one of those runs as well. Um where people are like, holy shit, I remember what this guy can do a little bit. With the offset of the silly personality, I think it's taking a little bit longer to move along. But um, even though I am not like into this Bullet Club gold guns being in the Bullet Club thing, the it makes a lot of wrestling sense, and I think it's clicking. Like I think it's it's working mm-hmm. in that regard. Yeah, no, and, and I don't want to – I may have – phrased that poorly like the match itself was excellent i really had a good time watching it i meant that it wasn't the time in the sense that it was clear that juice was not winning this oh yeah for sure that for sure you know that yeah he's gonna get his moment but it's not gonna be now because this is clearly hobbs and starks's show to you know to have their their moment but yeah juice in my in my book juice is you know getting to show this sort of u.s audience who hadn't gotten really to see the good work he had done in new Japan, see what he's got. And juice is always solid in the ring. Like we're just seeing a little bit more of him. So I, I think this is good. 
And Kate, I agree with that to your point, right? Like it was like Kyle O'Reilly, Roddy, you know, these guys sort of came on slow. I think Juice is following that, but we'll see more out of Juice. I have no doubt there. Um, backstage, uh, the mouthpiece for the TNT champion, Christian Cage, is being uh, being interviewed. He's still carrying the belt, uh, and he's talking like he's the champ and says he's feeling generous on Canada Day but he gets interrupted by Spears uh, who asked Luchasaurus if he's going to, you know, uh, to see sort of the ask if he sees what's going on. Excuse me. Couldn't find my words. Um, and says he wants to talk to the champ and Christian tells him uh, then, you know, talk to him while he's getting in his face. And he says Spears isn't dangerous. He's never going to be dangerous, so he might as well walk away. And Spears says that, you know, anyone is capable of being dangerous. You know, they just need to meet the right person, and I'll see you soon. So um, Luchasaurus looks like he's going to sort of go for it, but uh, Christian holds him back. So maybe we're going to see Sean Spears go after this TNT title, which would be nice because Sean Spears is perfectly serviceable. Good, good wrestler. We haven't seen too much of him. We've seen him more in Canada. Makes sense. He's a Canadian. Sure. He is not in the tournament, though. So um, he's exactly where he should be. No Canadians in the Owen. I'm just, right. I'm just, I'm just saying the evidence is piling up. Spears wanted to talk to the champion, so he talked to Christian, who had the yeah. belt. I, the evidence is piling up. That's all I'm saying. It's true. I'm with you. Kyle gets it. I guess. Um, you see the, TBS the oversight on the website? Your champion doesn't no. even have the title. It's not an oversight. He doesn't need to carry his belt. He's got a guy to carry it for him. Everyone else did. Just sloppy web design is what it is. There Maybe they weren't as dominant because they had to carry the belt around. TBS championship match, Chris Statlander versus Lady Frost. Chris Statlander retains via pinfall. Um, just good seeing Lady Frost on uh, on Saturday night. Uh, Kate, I think you as well as I have seen her wrestle a number of times in a gymnasium in New Jersey. That is correct. So always the fun. Queen of murder gymnastics. That is right. Um, perfectly serviceable match. Uh, Chris Statlander continues to look good. I love the thing she's been doing where she's using American Sign Language as she comes out. Hell yeah. And in the ring. She just seems like a very, very awesome uh, young lady. Uh, so um, love seeing Chris Stat with the belt. I just want to see something happen now, right? Like she's defending her championship, which is what we want, right? It's a workhorse belt, but I would personally like to see there be some kind of story or feud get going here, right? We've seen this happen over a couple of weeks. So I know they have a couple shows coming up. Maybe there'll be something special in Boston. Who the hell knows? I think the big thing in Boston's clearly blood and guts. But, you know, they've got some big shows sort of lined up. So I'd like to see them start to build something with Chris Statlander, but a perfectly fine match. I hope it's a returning Layla Gray. Not Layla Gray. Layla Hirsch. Uh, I think that would be awesome if like her first real story was like, I'm tearing through these gals. I need a challenge. And it's maybe an open challenge or one of those things that just feels like an open challenge, but a returning Layla Hirsch would make me very, very happy. Um, Cause that feels like a, a really good story for that 
workhorse belt. Could yeah. be. That'd be awesome. Uh, the the other one that sprang to mind for me, I don't know. I assume she's taking some time uh, just being away for a bit. Uh, I'd love to see, I'd actually love to see Jade get another shot at the belt for, that's, it's such a tricky thing to handle because you don't want Chris to beat her because Chris need, I feel like Chris should beat her again to eliminate any possible asterisk from the way she won the title in the first place. Sure. As a baby face, that always feels like such a tricky, tricky thing to navigate. But uh, so I'd love to see a, a full match with Jade to really get that out of the way. Uh, Layla is an amazing idea. They had that feud going at one point where Chris dropped that awesome burn of like why your parents abandoned you or whatever it was. It was You're adopted. Just, your parents don't even love you. It was just horrifying. <laughs> I'm also thinking oh. when Ruby's freed up from Blood and Guts um, because of their what happened with them and the Owen, and now Ruby's actually properly a heel, there could be some really, really fun things to dig into there. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it's interesting. I like that it's getting defended a bunch because Jade was so not that champion that like a reset button here is right, but you're you're right and that it is lacking a, a bit of story. I also don't know where the hell Serena Deeb is, but it would be neat if she came back and entered this picture. Well, I, I'd add, I'd add Willow Nightingale too, but I'm really continuing to hope that she's eventually going to be the one to unseat uh, Athena. Yeah. That would yeah. Be, that would be rad. Yeah. Also Layla Hirsch. Um, I didn't see ring of honor last week or this, or maybe coming up this week, but you guys should probably watch Ring of Honor. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, really? You guys should probably see Ring of Honor. Um, maybe Hell yeah. This, maybe this week. Anyway, Andrade uh, gets interviewed backstage, talking to the House of Black. He wants his mask, and then they, you know, they stole it, and he wants them to show their face. And then Malachi Black says they're looking into his past in due time. They'll work things out. They appear on the screen, so... We're building this whole thing. Hopefully it leads to LFI versus the House of Black because that could rule. Uh, and then we're into the main event. You guys can touch on that. I'm just trying to get through this so we don't like spend 18 hours on the air. Um, main event time. Roddy Strong versus Samoa Joe in the Owen Hart quarterfinal. Uh, CM Punk is on commentary for this one. Uh, and uh, Samoa Joe does defeat Roddy Strong via submission. Um... I believe the referee called it uh, because Roddy passed out. He didn't tap. He passed out. Yes. And then after the match, Joe uh, gets a chair, heads over towards Punk, but referees and security, you know, are able to um, are able to sort of keep them apart. But Joe, as he walks off, climbs into the ring uh, and um, uh, slams uh, Roddy onto the chair. Um and uh, Punk gets in the ring to check on Roddy and to help him out. Then there's a stare down. Uh, Adam Cole is able to get on the screen on uh, in the ring and check out Roddy as well. Baby, um, that's right. Sorry. Uh, they uh, bring out the stretcher, uh, the neck brace. Roddy goes on to the uh, onto the backboard, um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, they make it seem like a really serious deal. And they pretty much are setting up, obviously, CM Punk and uh, Joe for this Saturday night. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, again, for those who missed it, Kyle will not be seeing it. 
Uh, he'll see it after the fact. Uh, so don't spoil it for him, would you? Please don't. Deep, very sad about this. Uh, <laughs> no, I, it, it looked like Joe even busted out the island driver as opposed to just a straight body summon to the chair, which I hadn't seen him use since his Ring of Honor days, which was always which was cool to see that brought back. Um, it's Joe and Strong. It's, it's always going to be good. It's always going to be super hard hitting. And just like every other time they met across three or four different companies, it's Joe winning. Yeah, this was a whole hell of a lot of fun. I felt like Punk added a lot on commentary. Um, as well and like did a really good job of playing like intimidated but like i'm gonna beat this guy uh <laughs> how i have no idea how the hell i'm gonna do that but um i'm gonna beat this guy sure uh, i really um if it's anything like we saw when joe and punk had just locked up and punk got his chest caved in via joe's chops like the crowd's reaction for that was so insane that i can't wait for like a proper match um i'm curious if cm punk still has his roh gym shorts bust him out for this would be a really fun shout back to that but uh i i think it could be really fun and i think this is the way i thought it would go you'd have hobbs and starks on one side you'd have joe and punk on the other I assume we're leading to Punk and Starks and one of them turns heel on the other one at some point. Um, I'm guessing it's Punk based on how things are leading, but you could sell me on a Ricky Starks heel turn because Ricky's great as a heel too. So we will see which way it goes, but I'm the match was fantastic. Like it's exactly what you would expect and wanted and, and certainly lived up to the expectations. They did make this match feel like a big one with uh, Joe, you know, taking out Roddy so, you know, so violently there after uh, he won. So uh, I think they did their job. This match seems super important for a Saturday night. And we'll see what happens this week. Um, also, something to note, I forgot to mention before when we were talking about Rampage, just a Rampage note. This, this week, I think, is their 100th episode of Rampage. So they've hit the 100 episode mile. It's the Rampage 100, baby. That's how it's being marketed, I was told. <laughs> That's right. Perfect. I don't have a bomb to hit the bomb. Do better. Listen, I don't have time, okay? I'm doing the best I can with the tools that I have. Sure. The tools are pretty good, but yeah, it's my right. time. Anyway... Somebody mentioned something about turning heel. I think, Ricky, what was that, Kate? I see you mouthing along. It's just first Jesse Ozog with the stickers. And now you're like, oh, I have the soundboard. I'm going to maximize it to a third of its potential. It's just unprofessional. I know. Big loss on my part. Anyway, uh, we were talking about Ricky Starks turning heel. We're going to turn heel for a few minutes here and we're going to take a break. Um, we're going to refuel, re energize. Maybe hit the bathroom. And then we, because uh, uh, as Kate knows, uh, it might as well be women's wrestling. She's going to try to go. Uh, well, hold on. I'm not getting chicken tenders. That Well, that's true. You'd actually do both if this was a ladies match. You'd go to the bathroom and get chicken tenders and then maybe go back to the bathroom. You're like, oh, there's still time. I'm going to go back to the bathroom. Probably um, Yeah. Take a walk. Do a couple laps. Maybe a nap. <sighs> Anything to fill the time. 
But you fill this time with a couple words from uh, our friends uh, on the Shining Wizards Network. And we will be right back to talk about tonight's episode of Dynamite. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in every Monday night to listen to The Shining Wizards. If you'd like to continue to support us outside of listening, we've got a few ways for you to do that. If you shop at Amazon, go over to Amazon.ShiningWizards.com, do your shopping as usual, and when you make your purchase, a little bit of that purchase price will go back to support the show. If you like to wear t-shirts, Merch.ShiningWizards.com will take you to our Pro Wrestling Tees store, where we've got over a dozen great designs from over 11 years of professional wrestling podcasting. You can become a Patreon supporter at Patreon.com slash Wizards Podcast, where each and every week we call out your name as one of our show producers, and the more you support us, the more things that you're entitled to receive and believe me they are fantastic if you can't support us monetarily if you don't shop at amazon that's absolutely fine continue to listen to us wherever you listen to us on the world wide web and make sure you like rate review subscribe do all that good stuff doesn't cost you anything helps us out and we can continue to bring you the love fest that is the shining wizards What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest-running podcasts. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is radioactive metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Well, the action is underway! 
What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder. Because if you don't find us, we will find you. I'm Kevin Rowe. I'm Al Day. And we're a couple of down under pounders that co-host Rogue Day Dots, an action figure collecting podcast where we talk about, well, just about anything that tickles our fancy at any given moment. We're grumpy old men, and sometimes people get on our nerves, and if you get on our nerves, guess what? You get off the lawn. Get off my lawn, asshole! We also go on a little bit of a mission. We go back and we're grading every wrestling figure line that's out there. I'm talking LJMs. I'm talking Jacks. I'm talking Hasbros. Who doesn't like a little Hulk of Blacks? It's a Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast production found on the Shining Wizards Network. I'm Duke Bags. Kevin Rowe! And together we are the co-hosts of your Duke Road. If you want to hear about some terrible wrestling shows, we got you covered. Well, we talk about good ones, too. We're currently talking about the best of the stuff. I know what we're fucking talking about. Sometimes we get uh, guest spots, like from the Taskmaster. I like to uh, I like to listen to the Year of Duke and Rope podcast. They're uh, funny guys. That, uh, I like when they I like when they talk about the, the, the Nards plows. I like Nards plows. That's, uh, that's a good move. And uh, I like the Dungeon of Doom. You know, sometimes, sometimes I, I call my butt the Dungeon of Doom. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Oklahoma. Let me tell you a little bit about my favorite wrestling podcast. All right. It's a podcast for two men. Two men. Duke Banks, Kevin Brody. They talk about professional wrestling. It's a man's sport. All right. And who better to talk about a man's sport than Once in a while, it's Russo's time spot. Oh, you piece of shit! If you're not listening to the Year of Duke and Rope podcast in the back with the boys, piece of shit, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, you gotta slide one in there. You're a man. You're a man. You're talking about something only a man can do. slide one in there. Oh, take the time to slide one in there. Alright, bro, you piece of shit. Slide one in there. A Gorilla Brain Wrestling podcast production that you can find on the Shining Wizards Network. All right, we're back here on the Mark Order podcast, and uh, we're just going to take care of some quick business. You can follow us on all social media at Mark Order Pod, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Threads, the new one, and YouTube. 
by going to at Mark Order Pod on all of them. Uh, so uh, if you could take a moment and just give us a follow, uh, believe it or not, or subscribe on any of your YouTube or plat- uh, podcast platforms, it helps us out greatly. So uh, please take a second to do that. And you can also pick up a t-shirt at prowrestlingtees.com slash markorderpod or go to our link tree and click on the link to get uh, to our Pro Wrestling Tees store. There is a 4th of July sale going on right now through July 7th, 1 p.m. Eastern. Use code AMERICA23 to get 20% off your order and free shipping, uh, whether you use the code or not, free shipping in the United States on orders over $150. So go to our store, like I said, in the link tree, prowrestlingtees.com slash markorderpod, or just search Mark Order Podcast on Pro Wrestling Tees. And then you could head to our store, find our uh, our four shirts up there, a couple front prints, a couple double-sided prints, any money you uh, spend there in our store. Support uh, women. Supports women. That's right. Uh, and uh, also uh, goes back into the show and, and everything we're trying to do. So uh, thank you in advance if you, uh, if you pick up a T-shirt. And uh, as Kate said, support women. Um, right. And we'll take money from the gays because we're such allies. That's true. Yeah. Um, so, guys, let's talk about Dynamite. Uh, Dynamite... From Edmonton, uh, Alberta, Canada, right? Uh, and the show opens up uh, a footage Renee Paquette. I'm sorry, our angel. Renee Paquette. Goddess. Um, the goddess. Uh, interviewing Darby Allen and Keith Lee. And Darby tells us uh, or tells him that at one time he was the most dominant champion in AEW and he feels like he if he feels like he's lost in the shuffle he should do something about it even if that means winning the match two on one and he tells him to get his head out of his ass and he'll keep an eye on which Keith Lee shows up so Lee says you know that was stupid but ballsy and that's fair and so we go to the match Darby and Orange Cassidy versus Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland in a blind blind eliminator tag tournament first round match I believe they said it's a quarterfinal and cutting to the end of this match, uh, Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy win by pinfall with the Last Supper from Darby on Shane Strickland. Uh, so um, I'm not going to lie. I was sort of surprised. I thought maybe they would keep this going with Keith Lee and Swerve and maybe build to a little more here. But um, either way, th- I thought this match was pretty fucking phenomenal. Uh, a lot of a lot of good action in this. Uh, Keith Lee is a freak. Um, you know, Darby and Orange Cassidy are great at what they do. So is Swerve. I don't mean to leave Swerve out of this, but it's just like the one outlier in this is Keith Lee, uh, and he looked uh, he looked good in this match to me. Uh, past couple matches, I was like, oh, Keith, what is going on? But I feel like he showed up tonight, and that's good. Uh, so. Um, you know, Darby and Orange Cassidy move on. Uh, we'll see who they face next. And um, I thought it was a perfectly serviceable opener. Uh, and they love opening with Darby Allen. Or not Darby, I'm sorry, Orange Cassidy. Darby too, but Orange Cassidy has opened up Dynamite. I don't know how many times so far this year, but it's like every 
you know, international title defense they have, he's first up. And maybe that's a good thing because every time the show comes on and his music hits, I have a six-year-old now in my house who's like, I just want to see this. And I'm like, okay, I guess so. Like, I guess you can get to the first commercial break. Um, but anyway, I digress. Kyle, what'd you think of this opener? This was really good stuff. Um, I was also a little surprised they didn't uh, go with uh, Keith and Swerve here. That, um, But by the same token, it's also nice that we didn't stretch out the can they coexist story any longer than it absolutely had to. So I guess credit for, for not going there. Um, just a lot of fun. Keith Lee getting to look like a terrifying force of nature, throwing Darby uh, there are some who say that Darby is still in the air waiting to land. I just oh, unbelievable Beal. Like Excalibur, I think pointed out in commentary. It's like, I've never seen somebody take a Beal and then almost land on their feet because he threw them so high. Um, the other one that stuck out, uh, uh, when he caught orange Cassidy on the floor with Darby was still under the steps from something that uh, something was swerving uh, Prince Nana on the outside. Uh, very glad to see Prince Nana on my TV as an old ROH fan. That's always not on TV is always great, uh, but Darby under the steps and Keith Lee walking up said steps with orange Cassidy. I, I don't know why Darby Allen hates his own body so much, but just it's makes for some amazing stuff. A very fair question, Kyle. Um, I do want to say, I think it was tasteless. I think it was classless. I think it was tone deaf of AEW. Not to give us a highlight reel, an in-memoriam package, a tribute to Trench, who is no longer with the company. Uh and a recap of all of the great work that he did in AEW, leaving with a zero and zero record. So the fact that the Mogul affiliates opened the show and they don't even acknowledge that Trent has Trench has moved on. Uh not not their best moment. And I think they need to take a hard look in the mirror. And um that's what they gave us. Okay. Listen. Trench is one of the great mysteries of AEW. All I'm saying, they could have ran Best of Trench volumes one, two, and three. We still would have had like 159.30 left in the show. They should have done a tribute package. That's true. Uh, Match was great. Hold on. Hold on. We did see Trench tonight. We did see Trench. They showed a clip of Swerve doing the stomp on Keith Lee on the steps on the cinder block. So while they didn't necessarily say Trench no longer with us, RIP, we did get to see Trench on TV. So um, good for him. I will remember Trench. Uh, No, I won't. Uh (laughs) Match was real fun. The stair spot was incredible. And the way Darby entered back in the ring with, was it a standing Rana or a Spanish fly or something? That was insane. Was uh, it the code red, wasn't it? Was I it? Think it it might've been. Was a, 
in insanity. I just <laughs> it blows my mind what that guy's able to do. And just the sequence of Orange Cassidy countering the power bombs with Keith Lee back and forth and him still being able to pull them off. Like really, really, really good wrestling and counter wrestling in that. I loved um kind of what was leading to the end. My only issue was Keith Lee was the legal man in this. Uh at the end so i don't know if that's intentional and going to come back into play or if that was actual referee incompetence but they definitely had the wrong legal man losing this match so we'll see what happens but that wasn't great other than that i thought the match was was fantastic a very high energy opener and ant like you say that you love it for baby ant with orange cassidy but like everybody that casuals whatever you want to call them my sister's not a fan of wrestling but whatever orange Cassidy's on she's like that guy rules um i he looks cool and i get not wanting to be at my job and i understand the desire to be lazy she loves it and i think it's really good to have someone like that on the front of your program like i, I think it makes sense yep. for someone that's an immediate like who is this guy uh I, I think it's it's really, really smart, and he's high energy in the ring. So you get a lot of um, great stuff here. No pun intended with high energy, RIP, Frank the Macaw. Um, so I loved it. I thought it was a really great way to kick off the show. Might even I say Orange Cassidy is a hot property. Big time. And unless somebody knows Chikara, they don't get that joke. But you know what? I'm going to throw it out there anyway. If somebody watch Chikara and someone will know it. It'll be great. I will say this about the referee. I would say he's fire, Ant. Hey, there it is. Yeah, get it. Come on, that was good. I will no say this. selling that for. No, no sell. Um, who it was the ref Rick Knox? Probably. Then that explains the incompetence. I don't actually know, but I would just assume you're correct. If it wasn't, if it was somebody like Paul Turner, I'd be shocked. Or even our friend Bryce. Listen, the Bryce is right. The Bryce is right. Um, Moving on from this, we do get a video package. <clears throat> and I had totally forgotten about this, so I was very happy that they brought this up. But we get a video package from Darby Allen talking about the passing of his trainer, Buddy Wayne, and how he had pledged to work with his son, Nick, in the aftermath of Buddy's death and to make sure that he gets everything he deserves in the business. Um, and basically, for those who don't remember, uh, after Buddy Wayne died, um, Darby basically reminds us that he went to Tony and said, have you seen Nick Wayne wrestle? And um, he was only 16, I believe, at the time. But they had some videos of him wrestling, um, I think, in Defy. He had wrestled like Swerve uh, and they had some clips of some other wrestling he had done. And Darby went to defy with a contract and said, you know, here's, here's a contract. Um, and so um, basically Darby says that was two years ago. Now he's 18. So we do find out that we're going to see uh, Nick Wayne next week against Swerve Strickland on, uh, on dynamite. So, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, and again, like I, I had said, I, I totally, I remember when the story came out and I remember thinking, you know, first of all, what a terrible story because of Buddy Wayne suddenly dying, but what a fantastic story 
about them sort of looking at Nick Wayne and, and Darby sort of helping take care of him. And everybody at the time was saying how great he was for somebody who's so young. And I didn't, you know, when he was talking through it, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And then when he said it's been two years, I was like, holy shit, it has been quite a long time since we heard about that. So um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it next week. And obviously we saw in the clip he was wrestling Swerve. So him and Swerve have been in the ring before, are familiar with each other. Let's hope that this is a good first look at Nick Wayne on television. I liked the additional context that they gave us. It was a very uh, video package heavy night tonight, but the video packages were pretty well done. It just felt a little lopsided, uh, but this was good. I didn't know the backstory, um, like the additional stuff. I knew he and Darby were connected, but I didn't much know how. So this is awesome. And he, yeah, he's barely legal in a week. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Uh, uh, this, this is this is going to be fantastic stuff. Um, I've only gotten to see Nick Wayne in person uh, one time. He was on a, he was in a trios match at the uh, at a war at a show for Warrior Wrestling that was there for Forbidden Door Weekend in Chicago last year. I got to see that, and you know, the the kid's tremendous. Um, he's going to do great things. I love love the move of putting him in with Shane Strickland. Who they have, they have familiarity. They have history. Uh, Shane's going to know how to sell all of his offense perfectly. Like this is going to make Nick Wayne look as good as he can possibly look. And I feel like that's you're you're doing a great thing setting him up to succeed right off the bat. And he um, can win his debut because Keith Lee will probably cost swerve. Well, and the, at the. <laughs> At least there won't be any legal man issues from some, you know, incompetent referee this time. That's true. Very true. I will say this, though. I would like to see if Nick Wynn does get a win in his debut. And, you know, AEW is not the type of place where it's like, well, it's his debut. We're going to, you know, he'll have a good showing, but he's not going to win. Like they've, you know, Action Andretti got a win against Jericho, you know, yeah. and and Hook came out and got, got a win. It's continued to get wins, right? Like. So they don't automatically like say, you know, hey, he's a new guy. He's not really there. He's, you know, he's going to lose. I kind of hope if they let him win that he gets it by himself. It's not like Keith Lee costs him the match. Right. Because I think you I think that sort of does a disservice. Like, well, he's a young guy. He needed the help to win. You know what I mean? Like he's going to be one of those guys because the only thing I've seen Nick Wayne do, I don't, I've never seen to seen him wrestle live. I've only seen clips of him on YouTube and from everything I can see from the few clips I've watched, he seems fantastic. So I don't want to see them do something like that. If they do, I'd understand because there's the whole swerve, you know, Keith Lee thing going on. I don't think they're going to do that to him. I think they're going to let you see what he's got and hopefully win or lose on his own. Right. So we'll see. Um, you know, we'll see. Um, I don't, I don't love, I don't love the idea of pinning, uh, Swerve Strickland back to back like that, like you did this week. And then again, next week, but uh, he can be built back up after that. You know, I, I don't think it's the end of the world, but 
He might need it to like snap back on Keith Lee or something, but I'm like, let's just move the fuck out. Like, have the blow up between him and Keith Lee already and move on. Right. Uh, I'm with you there, 100%. Uh, we go backstage with Tony Schiavone waiting for Jungle Boy Jack Perry to arrive. And uh, when the car pulls up, Jungle Boy gets out and says that last week was ridiculous and he's not some thug from New York. So if Hook wants to handle it, they'll do it like professionals in the ring with the FCW title on the line. And that's when Hook attacks. So uh, Jungle Man Jack dives back into his car and they drive away. Uh, and that's when commentary heights up the card for the rest of the night. So to something we were talking about before the break, Kate, and if you guys missed that, you can go back on YouTube and watch it or listen in podcast form. Battle of the Belts is coming up on July 15th, apparently. Kate looks super excited. Uh, Kyle also looks vaguely excited. Um, I have a feeling that maybe that's going to happen at Battle of the Belts just a thought i could be wrong they could be like we're gonna do it next week on dynamite and just be like why wouldn't you just wait another goddamn couple days especially for a relatively meaningless belt like just just do it and have jack win and move on (laughs) right or don't move on have retribution have taz not be able to contain himself at commentary whatever but like it's not a real belt you never do anything at battle of the belts just do this at battle of the belts and have a title switch for the love of God. <laughs> Anything to make that show feel important. It would be neat. Just do it. Just do it. Um, back from commercial. Uh, there's the, uh, we see the vignette, which we had hoped for last week. We saw the vignette of uh, Adam Cole and MJF hanging out. Thank you. Uh, last weekend for their boys weekend. And MJF is waiting outside a gym like, where is this guy? I've been waiting. He's late. And that's when uh, Adam Cole pops out of the gym and says, bro, I've been here for an hour doing cardio. Let's go. So MJF goes in and, um, and uh, you know, they're doing some bench pressing. And he's like, you know, hey, spot me, bro. And Adam Cole says, sure thing. And then he's just texting on his phone. MJF does like five reps of, you know, some heavyweight. And that's it. And, uh they notice that there's a very large gentleman in the gym and MJF goes to make fun of him. And Adam Cole kind of puts a pause on it, but he says, you know what? He does kind of look like, and at the same time, they both say Tony Schiavone. So they laugh to each other about that one. But really important. I loved Adam Cole's facial expressions because he like realized he, he like caught himself agreeing with MJF and didn't like it. Like right after they're kind of laughing about it, he's like, that's not like, I don't agree with this guy. I loved, it was so subtle, but it was so like crucial. If you're trying to tune into what's going on, I I love, love, loved it. Yes. I was, I was actually that you beat me to it, but I was going to say that was, that was exactly it. They agreed. They laughed. And then Adam Cole was kind of like, wait a minute, what? just happened like he couldn't believe what was going on and so max says to him do you want me to help take the plates off this it's a lot of weight and uh adam says you know what leave it on i'll give it a shot and he uh mjf says how about a spot he goes if you really want to 
So MJF sort of crosses his arms and watches. And Adam Cole proceeds to do a ton of reps with a lot of weight and definitely did not have any help off camera as they zoomed in just on his, basically, on the barbell. No help. Zero. And the large guy, basically, they zoom in on him and he mouths, what the fuck? And Adam, Adam Cole puts the weight back on the rack and MJF goes... I think he starts to say, what the fuck? And they, you know, what the f-? And they cut it off. Um, And that's the end of the vignette. Perfectly done. And it's exactly what we wanted to see. And we don't have to necessarily dig into it, but to Kate's point, I want to sort of come back to this later. The moment of them realizing that commonality and then Adam Cole being like, uh, wait a minute, I got to sort of snap out of this was something that, I think I even said last week, Kate, was I think they're going to find that they've got more in common than they think, and this is going to work. So it's not me saying I told you so, but it's me basically saying looks like this could play out that way a little bit. I think it's still going to go sideways somewhere, but we'll hold that. Let's go. We can get there a little later unless, Kyle, you have something you really want to bring up. No, we. I mean, we can get to it later. Uh, but okay. it, it's 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 fun watching the two of them uh, play off of each other, and you don't really. <laughs> you see MJF, uh, and I talked about this on Twitter, and I think Kate did as well. Like MJF, feeling like he desperately actually wants a real friend, and Adam Cole sort of being reminded of his own inner asshole a little bit, and absolutely. Well, we'll talk about how Roddy plays into this later, but I, I, I've always, I've loved how much MJF is desperately searching for something all the time. Love, acceptance, himself, a friend, whatever. Um, In the stuff he buys and the relationships he's had, like all of these things, there's like this really cool overall character story of, MJF goes for this cheap heat and also has these really sincere moments because he's desperately insecure and it shows up so well and the sincere stuff. And then with this silly stuff, it's also really, really fun. And I also like that they like MJF ripped Adam Cole apart for his physique, right? Like, cause that's what all the nerds online were doing. And then Adam Cole's like, lifting massive weight in the gym and MJF's like, oh man, this guy's really got it. Like, it's such a fun thing to have, like, he ran him down and now I think we're systemically going back. And I love that, like, Adam Cole's having fun with it, but he doesn't really give a shit. Like, he's, because he was never assigning weight to any of those criticisms along the way anyway. So there's more to talk about here, which we can get into later, but I, this was a whole heck of a lot of fun. Um, the online stuff that they've been doing with Adam Cole's Twitch has been hysterical. I don't know if there's a better time to bring it up than here, but MJF like calling into his show and him being like, told you I keep wrestling and video games separate, but or whatever. And him being like, yeah, yeah, but I had this idea for a double clothesline. He subscribed to his channel for three months and was like in the chat trying to plot out an agent match, like hysterical stuff. And this buddy cop thing, is not only really entertaining, but I think a good way to extend us into kind of that more meaningful season where you're going to want to get to these matches and all in, all out, whatever they're looking at for the summer. Like this is a good way to develop this storyline for a little bit longer so we can get back to it being a, a real title feud again. 
Absolutely. We're going to come back to MJF and uh, Adam Cole <clears throat> for sure. Thank you. Uh, but for, Kyle does have it. Kyle, unlike Ryan, Kyle's on the ball. Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> Professional. Uh, we move on to the acclaimed versus the Bollywood boys and, uh, Pepper Parks, AKA the blade. Uh, and, uh, the acclaimed do win by pinfall with the mic drop from Max Caster on Gerv, uh, uh, Gerv. Yeah. Gerv. I think that's his name because it's Gerv and Harv. Something weird like that. Anyway, uh, after the match, uh, Harley from QTV gets on the screen and, um, so she's going to get Anthony Bowens to, to, you know, cleave away from them and basically join with QTV. Um, and then basically daddy ass says he's got two words for her. Suck it. Um, so it is what it is. I guess we're still going with this Harley Cameron thing and Anthony Bowens. I don't like it when there's girls on TV that look like hotter versions of me. So I'm going to need her to get out of here. It is weird, though. Mrs. Money called it, and I was thinking it, but I give Mrs. Money the credit. She's like, it's funny how her accent comes and goes. I'm like, yeah, it does. It really is odd. She'll be like perfectly Australian, her natural accent, and then all of a sudden it's gone. I'm like, just talk like yourself. Yeah, just talk like a person. I don't know if she's per- like trying to keep an American accent, but just it's cool. Like you're fine. Do it. Uh, the acclaimed was the hottest tag team in the world at one point, And now it feels like they are a cold tag team with daddy ass doing famousers at the end of their match. Uh, they got to do a better job with one of the most valuable acts that they have on the roster. So it's kind of a waste of time. What are we doing? I thought there was more to it. You're just like, what do we do? No, I don't really have anything to say. The match was fine. It was sure. nice to see Blade in there. I'd rather see Butcher and Blade as a tag team than Matt Hardy and Jeff fucking Jarrett, which we'll get into later. But like, I just, are they a trio? Are they a tag team with daddy ass? They already had a tag shot or a trio shot. So like, what the fuck are we doing with the acclaimed? They were white hot and now they're just doing this. All right. Yeah, I don't know. Kyle, you want to add anything to this? I don't know. No, I mean it. It was uh, it was a perfectly serviceable match. Uh, the acclaimed was they 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 hit their greatest hits. They got their they got the crowd into it. Um, got we got Blade out there. Um, but like, do you I'm think gonna... when we say serviceable, it needs to be in service of something? Like, what did this serve? You know what I mean? I don't know. You got the acclaimed it, on TV. It, yeah, it, it served getting the acclaimed on TV. Not necessarily in any sort of forward move, moving fashion, but it did at least do that. Fair enough. Um, I would like to say that, and I think Kate's with me on this too, as a fellow ROH uh, supporter, uh, let's give Butcher and Blade a run in ROH as a proper... Holy fuck, yes, please. Let's make that happen since God knows it doesn't appear you're going to do it on any AEW property. Let them let them go wreck shop and in ROH and sort of turn that into an actual tag division and not to turn that to completely derail this into another rant. But we've had the Lucha Bros that have had the title since late March and have defended 
just a couple of times, none of them on any actual ROH television. You have you have the kingdom, They've you have the infantry. Been on you ROH have... television and multi-man matches not defending their title. Yeah. And those mat and those matches are wonderful and they're super entertaining, but what are you doing with these titles? And that's 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 what it's similar to what you're talking about with the acclaimed and AEW, Butcher and Blade. Like what where is your you have so many unbelievably talented tag teams and you're doing nothing with them. FTR are your world tag team champions and they're putzing around on collision and they're not even defending those either. And oh, you, you have so many and you have so many tag teams and you're doing a blind draw tournament. Yeah. Why am I getting I orange Cassidy and Darby Allen when the best friends can't buy TV time? I don't even mind the concept of the blind draw. The lethal lottery was a fun event. It, it, it had its place and you could do some interesting things with it. But I don't think that leading that into a tag team title shot is the way to do that. You you do it the way WCW did back in the day. You let everybody advance to a, you do it a one night thing, let everybody advance to a battle royal, don't do it tournament style. And then the winner of that gets a title shot at something like the TN, like TNT champion Christian. Yes, thank you. Yes, proper, properly identified there. Jesse Ozog asking, has FTR ever defended their belts? They sure did. Against. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett and his whole hand job squad. <laughs> Fucking so over it, man. Yep. Um, A pay-per-view. How about this? Because Asian Joe's asked this question in the chat. Uh, do we feel the acclaimed has reached their ceiling in their current state? I think they need to get rid of daddy ass. I don't know how that happens, but I think it's an anchor around them because he's an old man and is limited in what he could do. Maybe flip them back heel. Maybe they've gotten all the juice out of this face run that they can. Um, uh, but I don't, I feel like if you just booked them to do meaningful shit, they'd be right back at it. So, but I don't know. I, I think Billy Gunn is a, more of a, a weight than, than help at this point. Do you break them up? I think Max Caster is really vulnerable if you do that. Um, I think Anthony Bowens is a single star if you want him to be one. I think Max Caster needs, somebody else who's got the in-ring strength to let his charisma and and what he's best at shine through he's he's fine in the ring bowens is a top tier wrestler <laughs> like he he's unbelievable and he's really strong on the mic so i don't split them up if i if i'm trying to keep max caster a priority but i don't i don't hate the idea um you just have to be prepared for you know a drop in your fucking scissor me t-shirts and stuff like if you if you do that you're breaking up a beloved team um but good stuff can come from that so yeah i, I, I think the i think that i agree that the heel turn is probably your best bet if you want to freshen things up turn heel turf out uh jump daddy ass you know let, write him off screen that way let him go be a coach backstage i think he has a lot to offer in that capacity but I think we've milked about all we can out of him as a, as an on-screen talent. There are some who I think believe that, um, 
the acclaimed have sort of taken a backseat because some of their merch sales have dropped off. But maybe give them a fucking pride shirt if the guy's going to come out on television, you dumbass. Drives me nuts. You know, happy Pride Month. Oh, wait, it's July. Um, Happy birthday, America. Uh, Okay, so moving on. Moxley cuts a promo on Eddie Kingston asking uh, what there's to be so mad about and why he stays so focused on the past. He has a dream of an Eddie Kingston who embraces the future and becomes what he could be and what people want him to be. So he says, uh, Eddie, pick up the phone. And I uh, quickly reminded him in my living room, hey, uh, Mox, you know he's in Japan, right? Like they're 12 hours behind. You're probably calling him and he's asleep. It's probably all it is. It's a good point. Uh, we're going to talk about Eddie Kingston later, Kate. So hold on to all that stuff. But we're still clearly, this is not an issue that's been resolved. So we'll talk about <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk about Eddie. Oh, Kate is <laughs> spooning with Eddie. Just snuggling. All right. That's fine. snuggle with my Eddie. As gifted to me by you. Well, I really liked in the beginning when Mox said, um, we're the same guys we've always been. Because it feels so authentic to the stories that they've told in AEW from when they were mortal enemies to when he came out and saved him from the sparklers. That was the exploding barbfire death match. Uh, I really, um, I I loved that that little nuance of it is like, we're the same dudes we've always been. It's such a great kind of tone setter for what's about to erupt from this. It was also fantastic. And I'll jump to you, Kyle, but I just want to say it was fantastic to see in that video package, some of the early footage of Mox and Eddie, because Eddie looks the same and Mox is like a scrawny kid. <laughs> some yes. of those. Drinking will fuck you up, man. (laughs) Just a runny kid. And then, like, they show, like, they fast forward, and you're like, oh, he's definitely put on some muscle and some weight. But, yeah. You know. Well, the the issue with Eddie and Claudio is not going to end until one of them is in the ground. (laughs) That's just one of those feuds that that's what that's always going to be. That goes back a decade plus. And, I'm I'm very excited for that to continue to play out in Ring of Honor. That's I'm going to enjoy uh, continuing to watch that and cover that. Uh, oh, yeah. Just it was such a great look back uh, in the in the course of the video package. Just to little moments that that uh, I I remember the uh, that the the Misawa tribute gear that Eddie pulled out for one of his big matches. I had completely forgotten that that was a thing that he did. You know, it's even little stuff like that continues to tell that story of who these guys are. And I'm very excited to see where that continues to go. And I, what occurred to me during this as well was Mox saying some of the things that it sounded like Brian Danielson told Eddie when they were feuding as well. Danielson told him very similar stuff. Punk might have even said it once or twice in theirs as well about the about this idea of you could be this if you either get over the past or 
in some way fundamentally change who you are and how you tick and what you're about. You know, that seems to be the continued refrain from Danielson, from Mox, even from, from Punk. Punk. Yeah. Um, if if we if we do that feud, I'm sure it'll be you know MJF. I've I've talked about wanting loving to see an Eddie MJF feud at some point. I'm sure that hit that hit that there. That just continues to be a thing that people continue to tell Eddie. You need to change who you are, how you react, and how you do things in order to become the version that everyone wants you to be. And that that push and pull and that struggle is going to continue to be such a big uh, driver for him and for his story. And it's going to be great to see how it, it continues to play out. I thought that's what we were getting in ROH, but we'll see. Well, I believe there's still time. I'm holding out hope. There's definitely time. They have a lot of time. But let's move on because the absolutely stunning Renee Paquette is backstage again, this time with RJ City, and they're standing with Matt Hardy waiting to pull his tag partner for his match on Rampage Friday. So RJ City pulls it out and says, your partner is Jeff. And Matt goes, oh, that's great. Je you know, my brother? Of course, we all know he can't travel internationally, so we know it's not Jeff. But it is... The one, the only, Jeff, Jared. The people love it, um, but Matt does not. He. Uh, I need names on who these people are. He is uh, Matt is disappointed to have to team with the nuts of slap. And we go to break. Kate is clearly excited by this. Uh, so we're going to get that match Friday. He's going to be, they're going to be in a blind eliminator tag match. Look, Pedro in the chat says he's super excited. Double J baby blocked. No, don't. I will not be blocking Pedro. If what anything, the fuck are we doing? Now you can barely move. And they're like, Oh, you know, it'll be a great offset. The guy who's 15 years older than him with a guitar who all of his fucking matches are the same. He owns Ethan Page's contract. And this is what they're fucking doing with this? My God, this is the same company that like a year ago gave us Swerve in Our Glory versus Starks and Hunks versus the Young Bucks. That's what this tag division used to be. It is run rampant right now by the guns Jeff Jarrett, who I thought just got kicked to pasture in a fucking concession stand brawl. What are we doing? Like, what is the bonerific bullshit with this guy? Even if this is for you, like the amount of oxygen this guy is taking up on screen and to pair him with Jeff Hardy when you have Ethan Page, who we are whining about. Please, for the love of God, get this guy on television more often. And there is an innate story built in right there. You're going to go with Jeff Jarrett so that the cumulative match between these two guys can be 103 fucking years old trying to move around in the ring. Come on. It's not even just that it's Jeff Jarrett. It's that what aren't you doing with the fresh young talent that you have? This is so fucking dumb, man. Kate, if, I, Kate, if I may break a wall down here and just stop us for a second. I would like to just remind you the blind tag tournament i know we'd love to see ethan page but most of these tag teams have issues among them and it just it's the luck of the draw i don't know what you want me to tell you it's the luck of the draw it just so happened 
That... You can tell. I could tell you that the show's fucking scripted, Aunt. <laughs> no, that's not true. No, no, no. You gotta know when to hold them. You gotta know when to fold them. This is one of them that you fold. Move on. Well, also, if Matt Hardy owns Ethan Page's contract, couldn't he just as easily substitute Ethan Page in there for him? If oh, I don't want to. I team... really don't need to see Jeff Jarrett and Ethan Page. I don't need to see someone who's really good getting anchored down by the shit either. <laughs> I don't know. I, I always feel like doing? they're not going to win. What's the difference? Oh my god! What's the difference? Is somebody worth my fucking time being on television? Well, they're not going to win. We're going to get Karen Jarrett and Wardlow. I'm convinced. Oh god, that would be amazing. And 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 Karen will somehow go over. Oh please, of course, because about... she'll, she'll smash a girl guitar. What about Karen? A ukulele. Oh, it'll be Aubrey and and Karen yeah, Jarrett. Exactly. I'm here for it. Let's do bridge. it. Uh, Wheeler Yuta cuts a promo after this about uh, the main event against Kenny Omega. We'll talk about that. And that's when Jericho makes his entrance and gets on the mic. He says it is bittersweet for him to be back in Edmonton because he had a lot of losses his name and things hasn't gone haven't gone how he wanted so maybe it's time to reevaluate and make some changes and the province of alberta is the perfect place for him to be reinvigorated because he trained here under Stu hart and his first match was only an hour away so he got there a couple days early to drive up and down the highway and it reminded him of the passion and fire that he had um when wrestling was everything to him and it reminded him that wrestling still is everything to him and he feels reinvigorated and resurrected and it's time to become the best version of Chris Jericho ever. But that's when Don Callis enters the picture. So Don Callis enters the picture and I don't know if you guys noticed when Don Callis came out on the, on the video boards, the little side photos, I believe, is a painted portrait of him and Takeshita as centaurs. That is the artwork of I the agree. wonderful Mel Coleman, uh, who I got to meet in Toronto and is a just a wonderful, a wonderful human being and an extremely gifted artist, extremely skilled artist. Um, but yeah, it's it's incredible to get to see her artwork as these the centaurs as the it's fantastic <laughs> side panels. Incredible, incredible stuff. So Don enters and um, it is deafening in the arena. And he reminds Jericho about calling him six years ago and asking if he'd like to main event the Tokyo Dome with Kenny. Uh, Kenny. By God Omega. And you're, um, you're abusing it now. Listen, it's a little much. I only have one, two voices. It's either going to be Kenny. By God. Or Kenny. By God. <laughs> kind of like that one. Well, it's all right. It takes it in a whole different direction. Doesn't it? It does. Uh, so anyway, um, so it reminds me about that and how he surprised him. Jericho surprised Callus when he said, yeah, 
And without that match, none of the people in the arena would be here. And uh, without that match, Jericho isn't there right now. And that's when Jericho says, you know, he helped Callus back into wrestling and into AEW and how he's bigger and more powerful than ever. So if it weren't for him, Don Callis might not be there. So Don says when they get back, when they get together, they make history. And he was recently betrayed by a coward punk named Kenny Omega. I'm sorry. That's the spot to say. Kenny. Coward punk. Kenny Omega. By God, Omega. So uh, he has to build a new family. And his new family will be based on trust. And when he thinks about trust, he thinks about the greatest of all time, the man who beat Kenny Omega and his best friend of 34 years. He thinks about Chris Jericho. So Callis is here to formally ask if Jericho will join the Don Callis family. So Y2J pauses, thinks is over, before asking if he seriously wants him to join the Don Callis family because Jericho doesn't join factions. He creates them. We know that over and over and over and over again. So very aware, Christopher. So if Callis is seriously asking, he's got one word for him. Maybe. And then, and he walks away. So there's a little bit to unpack here. I loved, from my perspective, I loved how Callus is like, if it isn't for me, you're not here. And I love how Jericho is also a heel. And he's like, if it isn't for me, you're not here. You know, it's like heels arguing with each other. Like, I'm the guy. No, I'm the guy. No, I'm more important. No, I'm more important. I loved that. And I also loved how commentary sort of called that out, too. They're like, well, you know, they're, you know. But what I thought about this was that this is the way to break up the Jericho Appreciation Society that we've been looking for. And I know some people are like, well, we don't need Jericho to get into another faction, but you guys heard the reaction out of Don Callis alone tonight. If Jericho joins this faction, the nuclear heat that this would draw I don't know if you'd be able to hear anything when either one of these guys got on the mic in the ring together if Jericho joins the family. I don't hate the idea of it. I like the fact that we get to break up the Jericho Appreciation Society, and it gives a little more credence to Don Callis because now Jericho's a guy who is sort of the in-ring person. Don Callis is controlling things outside of the ring. It's sort of like an ultimate heel faction. I don't hate this. I really don't hate it because it also takes Jericho out of the position to be the one who's got to call all the shots. You can leave that to Don and then just have Jericho be the guy in the ring as sort of like the wily veteran who can sort of help, you know, put things into play. So I don't hate this. I'm going to throw this to Kyle first. Kyle, what did you think about this? And what do you think about Jericho possibly joining the family? I mean, I'm very much with you in the sense that I, I like the idea of getting Jericho out of the whole faction leading business, uh, letting him uh, go be another guy in a in what a group that would get absurd amounts of heat. Um, I 
I, I have hesitation in the sense that I, this should be a vehicle to get Takeshita as much exposure and spotlight as he possibly can. And Jericho has a way of sucking up all the oxygen in the room. And I don't want to see that. But it does also free up Garcia and, uh, and Sammy Guevara, which is nice too. I don't know what the hell happens to J. I don't know what the hell happens to Jake Hager if the JAS breaks up. Uh, maybe if the JAS breaks up, 2.0 can finally go out on their own and actually be the amazing tag team they can be. I, I think there's more positives than negatives, and yeah. Kate, where do you stand on this? Eh. I don't know. I have to see more of it, but the idea of Takeshita and Jericho in the same stable is not something that intrigues me right now. I am really kind of feel like the past few efforts we've seen from Jericho have been really bad. Like that six man was a fucking disaster at Forbidden Door. The shit with Cole, the previous pay-per-view was not good. Um, I'm a little nervous that if you're taking him away from the leadership of a faction role, you're left with a guy who is declining in the ring. And that's not great. Like, that's just not um, the note that Jericho should be playing at this point. I'm really sick of Jericho faction guy. I am actually much more intrigued to see Jericho out on his own. I also don't know if that's not what we end up with. Um, he said maybe, you know. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I don't, I don't really have an interest in seeing... Like, Takeshita doesn't need to come up through the fucking Jericho tree, man. Like, I, the last guy I want to see get caught up in an overdone, gone-on-too-long stable that Jericho is always has is that um, is that guy. He he absolutely doesn't need that. Uh, I, Jericho Appreciation Society definitely needs to break up. Um, let Danny Garcia continue to dance but become a pro wrestler. I need both of those things to be true. Uh, he's fantastic. Uh, I don't know what happens with Sammy Guevara either, man. This guy's just been so vulnerable the entire time, but like, I don't, I don't have an interest in seeing Jericho and Don Callis and Takeshita and some other people. And I don't have an interest in taking your most over heel manager and pairing him with someone who doesn't need a manager to get heat like that just feels like a, a double dip that you don't need to do so i don't know i'm i'm open-minded about it because i think it's interesting and i actually liked the promo tonight to your point i love them both kind of calling out each other's importance in each other's lives like it feels grounded in that way uh but i off off the bat my gut instinct is like man i don't need this guy anywhere near Takeshita, and i'm like kind of concerned about jericho overstaying his welcome in the in the ring like his his past few efforts have been really really bad um so we'll see we'll see what comes out of it but depending on who else is in the family this could be a way to take jericho out of the ring right like he could just be somebody who's enforcing outside of the ring or getting involved in other ways more so than he is with the jas because he has to lead right so he's got to sort of be in the forefront this way he could sort of be a side sort of side piece side piece yeah um but i i don't know i i just think they draw a lot of heat i mean they draw you know 
Jericho, when he's not in Canada, draws heat as it is. Don Callis has been drawing heat everywhere since what he did to Kenny. So this would just amp it up even more. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. And we'll touch on the JAS coming up in a few moments. But we do go backstage with Roddy Strong trying to get an update on his condition. And the trainer says uh, he needs more time. But Roddy says that he feels great. And uh, that, again, gets Doc Sampson to say that we need to be cautious. So Adam Cole rolls up to give him some encouragement. And Roddy's worried about what's going on with Adam getting really chummy with MJF. Cole reassures him it's just for the tournament. Cole also reads that he got a text from MJF. And he's kind of chuckles at the text. Like, he's sort of like being a little chummy in this moment with MJF over Roddy. So it's interesting to see that. We move on to the... I want to sort of hold that. Let's get through this segment because Adam Cole and MJF are up next in their first uh, blind tag eliminator tournament match against the butcher and daddy magic, Matt Menard. Um, And cutting to the end, Adam Cole and MJF do win by pinfall with the boom from Cole on daddy magic, Matt Menard. Um, Numerous times during this match, MJF is trying to sort of entice Adam Cole to cheat. Cole's not going to give in, you know, eventually it's tagged in and finishes it off himself. Post-match, Max Max, uh, rushes in and takes Cole off his feet with a big hug before sort of collecting his belt and saying, oh, boundaries, I forgot, and grabs a microphone. And that's when MJF asks if there's any devil worshipers in the house tonight and asks if there are any fans of a guy with a super cool name. (laughs) And that allows us to get the big Adam Cole. Baby. Baby. Boy, oh boy, the one time we need it. I did it. All right, let's be a little more on our game there, Kate. Kyle was uh, way on top of it. You got, you got to make no. You got to make the people wait for it. I guess we waited like three weeks for it. MJF wouldn't let it happen, so it was great to finally get. Oh, it. About how long Jesse Ozai waited for stickers? So. You know what? <laughs> just take a minute there, Kate. Think about what you just said. So. He asked Cole if uh, they should have another bro sesh, and Adam agrees. So MJF puts his title down and says, we've got to wish Cole a happy birthday, complete with the streamer launch, and then he calls for the birthday stuff, so the crew comes down with hats, balloons, and a cake, along with some other party favors and things like that. And MJF puts a hat on, on Cole and sings him a very soulful rendition of happy birthday. And Cole cuts him off and says he appreciates all of it. We know he's a great singer, um, but he's done more than enough. Uh, Max has one more thing to do though. And he tells Adam to make a wish as the crew lights the candle. So Cole blows it out and Max goes to smash Adam's face in it. But Adam turns it around and MJF goes into the cake, but MJF laughs it off. Eats a little bit of the cake. And um, Max responds to... uh, That's when he responds to eat the cake. My apologies. So Cole says, with all sincerity, this was a very nice... And he thanks him and calls him a friend. So let's take it there. Um, Adam Cole gets the text 
with his buddy Roddy in the room. Seems cool with the text. Uh, in the ring, doing the party thing, looks annoyed, but then says, you know what? This was sincere. Thank you so much. You know, you're a friend. Uh, agrees to another bro weekend. Very, very chummy. Very, very friendly, Kate. What are we thinking? I think people need to appreciate how vulnerable it is as a guy like MJF as a, as a human being in the world to go out and do things like the boy band birthday rendition that we got and be able to pull that off. That's really, it's underestimated how hard that is to do shit like that and to maintain character. Uh, kudos to Adam Cole for not losing his mind with laughter. Cause I was, um, Really, really, really fun stuff here. This was just like the best little birthday celebration that they could have pulled together. And I just think it's so interesting that Roddy's on the outskirts of this because he could turn on Adam Cole. He could, Adam Cole could turn on him. Um, Roddy could be the one that brings him back to earth and you get a nice little brief Roddy MJF program in here at some point. Like there's a lot of creative twists and turns they could go. And Adam Cole just nailing it perfectly of the, I'm going to do what I have to do to pacify this and keep this guy at an arm's length, but, but enough that our relationship works to get through whatever this tag eliminator stuff is. Uh, just everybody playing their roles pitch perfectly in this. And, uh, and what a fucking blast of a segment, man. Like just, just hysterically well done. Um, I really love Roddy. Like that was such an interesting angle that they chose to kind of incorporate into this that they didn't really have to but it, it adds such an, an extra layer in it that's so so much fun Kyle what do you think about all this uh, this was a blast this was so much fun uh, I love the idea that Roddy who's always gotten a lot of flack from people who, who like to complain online about how he doesn't have a personality or this or that. No, he, he very much does. And he is very good at, and, and can be very good when you ask him to use it. And I, I love the idea. I hadn't even considered the idea of a, of a mini Roddy MJF program. That sounds like a lot of fun because and Roddy's one of my favorite, almost one of my favorite guys to watch in the ring. He's just so good at, at what he does. Um, yeah, this can go in so many so many great places. All of them have at least some potential. Uh, and I really don't think it's going to end up with babyface MJF. If I had to predict, it's not going to. But like, like we talked about earlier, there is so much fun potential for him to just be a genuine guy who just wants that love or friendship or acceptance and yet on some of you just want him to have it to have one genuine friend that just stays by his side and doesn't get driven away well that's what's so fun with it is like anytime he gets close that's when like the chicken shit stuff emerges like a, I, I love that about it it's, it's just like every time he nears something like that other than punk where it was like a hero and it turned violent against it, right? But, like, everything else kind of tends to lean into that, like, dancing around it chicken shit stuff, which is is so great. So 
I'm expecting more of the same in a really fun way. Now let me lay let, let me lay this on you guys as well. So you're talking about a possible Roddy MJF run, <clears throat> which I'm I'm in for. That'll that would be fun. Today, Kyle O'Reilly, I saw on Instagram, put a thing up like happy birthday, you know, a happy birthday thing to MJF or not MJF, sorry, Adam Cole, you know, a picture of him and Adam Cole basically hugging. Um, what if this leads to the return of a Kyle O'Reilly and him being with Roddy and basically now Cole has to choose, right? Like maybe we can get some tag matches, right? Roddy and Kyle O'Reilly versus MJF and, uh. And Adam Cole, and now Cole's basically like, you know, I'm having a good run with MJF, you know, and these guys are trying to sway him back, but he's not necessarily going for it. Could be a good way to work Kyle O'Reilly back into the mix. I would be elated if Kyle O'Reilly is ready for that. I would be so happy. I miss that guy on television, and that would be such a fun missing piece and all of that. Uh it would be cool if Roddy was in the tag eliminator and Kyle O'Reilly, like if he was clear to, if he was healthy to, got got selected in that. Um, but hey, that's a hey, really maybe, fun shout. Maybe maybe Roderick Strong could have gotten paired with with Matt Hardy. Maybe anybody they, but Jeff fucking Jarrett. They they even have history dating back to ROH. Roderick beat Matt on his last match in Matt's first run in ROH back in two thousand five. Yeah, but does he have a guitar? No. no. Well, there you go. No. <laughs> well, either way, like even if Kyle O'Reilly's not cleared to come back right now, like this is not a this can be a little bit of a slow burn, right? Because they've sure. got to go to the Eliminator tournament, and we still got to figure out if they're really friends. Because that's the other thing in all this, I think that maybe gets a little lost is like, you know, it's great to see this coming on the heels of MJF and Sammy's. I'm gonna air quote here friendship but i think what a lot of people maybe forget is that wasn't a friendship of friendship that was a friendship of convenience right because mjf did not want to have to defend his title against four guys you know or three other guys and he just wanted somebody who's going to lay down that was not somebody who was begging to be friends or looking for companionship this one still a little bit of convenience but you know I think that maybe for the two of them, they're realizing there's more that they're alike than they are sort of different. So there's there's definitely different twists to this one with the Sammy. I, I love all of this. I am so excited to see where this goes. As, as Kate said, there's a lot of creative twists and turns this can take. As another member of this show has said, and uh, of show on Monday nights on the Shining Wizards Network has said, there are a lot of spoons in the porridge. There are. Oh. It's going to be interesting to see which one they take out and taste the porridge with. Say, porridge sample. Uh, so we get Britt Baker backstage interviewed about her match uh, coming up with Ruby. So they're building to that match tonight. Uh, and uh, we go to break and come back with uh, the lovely and talented Renee Paquette yet again. Uh, and she is interviewing uh, Chris Jericho along with Danny Garcia and Sammy Guevara. And Garcia asks what maybe to Don Callis really means. And he says it means maybe. And, you know, and Jericho says it means maybe. And some sometime they'll have to branch out for themselves and do great things without him watching over them. 
So Renee tells Garcia that he and Guevara have actually been teamed up in the blind eliminator. And Chris tells them to show him who can be the leader here. And Danny tells Guevara to finish, you know, let's finish what, uh, what they started and they fist bump each other. So a fortunate pairing here in the uh, blind eliminator tournament guys who have a history together. But I also like that that's sort of a through line of this story, sort of maybe story, right? Cause again, it's sort of leading to the breakup of the JAS. And if that's how we get there with these guys in the blind tag tournament, and then Jericho says, yes, and you guys are on your own and I feel good about it. And that's why I said, yes, like, so be it. Sign me up and the JAS. I have no problem with it. Well, the uh, promo sucked. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't disagree with that. I think the uh, audio issues did not help. No. Uh, This is, yeah, it it certainly seems to be we're heading towards the breakup of the JAS, whether Jericho comes out of this uh, as, as a heel uh, going in, going in with Callus and sort of throwing his his guys to the wolves, or if he comes out of babyface, maybe he says no to Callus and uh, Guevara and Garcia jump him, and we go that way so we can steer so we can break up the JAS and steer Jericho away from Takeshita. Maybe that's where we go. Sure, um, but but at, at this point we've got Guevara and, and Garcia in the in the tournament so that should be fun for them they should at least ideally have a uh, an advantage over everybody else in the tournament you'd certainly think based on their their shared uh, look uh, and they did say later on that uh, that it was going to be on rampage against Matt Hardy and Jeff Jarrett there you go would be their, would be that would be their match this promo fucking so, blue but I like where I like that we get Sammy and Danny Garcia, um, Jericho being like, "Hey, sometimes you got to go out on your own." After he just had this thing with Sammy Guevara, it was like awful creative. That was so stupid. Um, like the whole argument was about staying in the JAS, and he's like, "Hey, you know, sometimes you got to let it go out of nowhere." Awful, 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 awful. Um, well, can, but... I play, can I play devil's advocate real quick there? Sure the heel thing to do right like hey you got to stay with me because i know what's going on but in reality he's got a better offer so he's like you know what you guys got to cut out on your own like you got to be a leader on your own just playing devil's advocate fair i guess but it just didn't come across that way um especially because he said maybe like i don't know this whole thing felt like a mess part of it is just because i think jericho's he was just like a face in canada right so this all just like felt kind of twisted backwards um what a fucking waste of daniel garcia and sammy guevara to be facing jeff jared and matt hardy what a waste of what could be a great match i mean i mean i mean your your reward for sitting through another goddamn jeff jarrett match is going to be getting to see daniel garcia dance yeah. And if if it leads to Daniel Garcia, because uh, I don't know the brackets, I, I just haven't seen a bracket. But if it leads to Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy, where there's a lot of history there as well, like sure, that up. match, I'm excited for. Why we you get to book anything you want? Why this well, is the stepping stone to get there? But it's. It's the same thing. To me, it's almost the same thing as Dustin Rhodes versus Powerhouse Hobbs. 
right? Like, right, but that was a good match. Correct. Matt Hardy I, and Ethan Page losing and Matt Hardy owning Ethan Page's contract is infinitely more interesting. What the fuck are we doing? I'm genuine. I'm genuinely not sure that they even remember that that's a story. Bad. I genuinely don't know if they even remember that that's a thing. I wish it's, they would remember Ethan Page. He's really great. <laughs> hey, they remembered him last week. That's the important thing. In Hamilton. That's right. Ontario. Moving on. Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. In the final first round quarterfinal match of the women's Owen Hart tournament. This is a uh, rematch of last year's final. Um, Britt Baker did get uh, interviewed about this. We had mentioned that, but we didn't dig into it because it was just promo for this, right? So um, cutting to the end here, uh, Ruby Soho wins by pinfall with the victory roll and a little help from the outcast for leverage on the outside in what was the move that Britt reversed last year to win the tournament, which is a nice, I think, sort of bookend for this. But clearly there's still the rivalry exists between Britt and uh, Ruby, so they can reignite this at some point. Because now it's essentially one one to one in these big, you know, big time matches. I thought this match was perfectly fine. A couple botchy segments, uh, but listen, the outcasts play the numbers game. Um, I like the finish, the fact that it was last year's, you know, finishing spot that didn't work out to get reversed this time. And of course, the heel move of getting the leverage from the outside. I'm always going to be down for that. And something I should mention at one point when it looked like uh, Ruby was going to be put into, um, uh, oh God, uh, whatever the finisher is, the uh, the mouth hold. I can't remember. The lockjaw. The lockjaw. Lock yep. Um, I had said to Mrs. Money sitting on the couch, why don't they just pull Ruby out of the ring? They actually did. So I appreciated that. I was like, okay, they're using their brains. I didn't have a problem with this match uh, because I think it went the way it needed to go. I'm just going to be interested now because post-match um, Sky Blue comes out for a little stare down with Ruby ahead of their semifinal next week before going to break. I'm just interested to see what's going to happen in this next match because could they let Ruby run the table and win this like she probably should have last year? Sure. But I feel like they really want Sky Blue to win this tournament just with the way they had been setting her up sort of leading into this. I'm just going to be interested to see how that match plays out next week. Um, and on the other side of the bracket, you've got Athena and Willow who are uh, going to be fighting uh, Saturday, right? Um, Saturday yeah. at Caligula. So yeah. um, I don't know. I didn't have a problem with this. And uh, it was good to finally get this match because we thought we were getting it last week. So no problems here. Kate, uh, you were probably in a bathroom or cooking something for yourself to eat for dinner. Didn't know that. Right. Um, but any I mean, any issues with the outcome that I just told you about? No, it surprised me. I, I thought Britt was gonna go over, uh, because of course, but I like Ruby winning. I would love for her to win the whole thing. I think her versus Willow in the finals would be great. I don't think you want to do Athena versus Sky Blue because we already saw that in ROH and Athena handled her pretty handily um, in, a, in a good match, but Athena destroyed her. Um, and Willow and Ruby keeps the outcast story going, right? I, I don't think there's a wrong call with who wins that. I would like to see them do something nice for Ruby Soho and give her an actual moment 
that she is well overdue and deserved and should have had last year, to your point. And also, it's a nice redemption arc of the heel turn, right? Like, no more Mrs. Nice Girl. Now I'm succeeding is a nice way to go with this. It's also nice to have stakes in this because I feel like we've been getting so much outcast stuff and it's just been stuck in the mud because of the hater injury, to your point. So very nice to have stakes. Uh, good enough match. Kind of glad Ruby won, a little surprised, and I'll, I'll take it. Fun stuff there. Yeah, definitely. I I, I was, uh, I kind of, and I was with you and then I envisioned that Britt probably might win it just because Britt has been, continued to be the face of the division. But this was something that Ruby sorely needed. So I'm, I'm glad to see her racking up those wins. Uh, I'd love to see it continue. Uh, I, I think Ruby and Willow in your final is a great call for a number of reasons that, that you laid out. One, because uh, it continues that outcast feud. Two, because that also uh, gives Willow a major in for another shot at the ROH World uh, Women's World title. Agreed. Which I think Athena's run has been phenomenal. It's been probably the best. That might be the best run going going in the company right now. Full stop. 100%. AEW or ROH. I'll, except for maybe Orange Cassidy. We'll give that one. But uh, so setting up something there I, is fantastic. Uh, I, I agree that if you do Ruby and Willow in the finals, I don't think you have a bad option. Uh you also have a real interesting thing that they talked about, and I don't. There's this may not be official at all, but during the New Japan Strong shows over Independence Day, uh, when Willow defended and ultimately lost her New Japan Strong Women's Championship to Julia, there was some talk on commentary of the winner of the Owen possibly getting a shot at Julia for this title. Oh man, I'd be either interested in either of those. Yeah, and neither of those are a bad choice. You get you either give Willow her rematch in front of potentially a wider audience, or you or you run back or you run Ruby and Julia, which would be a much, a much more a heel face sort of, you know, I don't know. You you could really play with a lot of fun things there, big time. Well, a lot of good outcomes in on the women's side of the bracket and a lot of stories on the men's side of the bracket to be resolved. So I think so far this tournament has been pretty good. It's just my one take from AEW is there's just too many tournaments going on at one time. They need to they need to scale back. Like you shouldn't be doing the Owen tournament with two sides of a bracket plus a eliminator tag tournament. Like it's just too fucking much. Like they should have made the lethal lottery only Canadians. There would be a lethal sorry lottery. Uh, <laughs> oh, so sorry. Sorry. Um, so uh, getting on to the main event, um, we have uh, Wheeler Yuta versus Kenny. By God. Omega. Uh, like and Kenny by God Omega. Perfect. Um. And Kenny Omega does win by pinfall with the one-winged angel. I know I'm cutting through this. Um, scary moment during that match when, um, you know, Kenny does the, uh, the the front flip, you know, into the turnbuckle. Now, I in real time, uh, and this could have been for the story that played out for the rest of the match, but in real time, 
everybody gasped. Like you could hear it in the arena because Kenny does the front flip with the wheeler on his shoulders. And it looked like to me, he landed squarely on the top of his head. Um, and then he rolls forward, looks a little wobbly and grabs the back of his head. And everybody gasped at the same time. Like I did on my couch. And the first thing I said to Mrs. Money was, oh, God, please don't let him just re-hurt his neck. Like, not what we need. He went through the rest of the match. Everything looked fine. But they did tell a story with the neck from that point. So maybe it was for story. Maybe not. But it looked like he fucking landed on his head. So who knows? But scary moment there. Kenny wind up winning. Tiger drivers. We got this. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, post-match, Claudio comes down, puts the boots to Omega with Takeshita's help. But the Hung Bucks make the save. BTE trigger on Claudio. Hangman tees it up with the chair. But the Dark Order slide in to take it away from him. And we are out of time. That is the show. Tape machines, I suppose, are rolling. Um, But... You know, we are sort of leading. They did say that the uh, the Hung Bucks are going to be facing Dark Order on Rampage Friday. So I'm, I'm sure that sort of is what set this all up. Um, But yeah, I mean, uh, I thought this was a perfectly fine match. Uh, always love seeing Kenny wrestle. Uh, Wheeler Yuta. I thought a good showing out of Wheeler. Some people have a lot of issues with Wheeler. I, I don't see it. People say he's not believable enough or charismatic or whatever. I think he's a good wrestler. Not a strong promo guy to me. That's fine. It does seem a little forced, but when he's in the ring, man, I don't don't care. He he can go. So this was good for me. The end, you know, post-match stuff was totally fine. We obviously are getting to blood and guts, right? So um, the thing to do is they, they called that out tonight after I think the Mox promo was the fact that, Hey, uh, with Danielson's broken arm and with Eddie in the G1, we're not sure who the fifth on each side is going to be. So we still have to sort of sort out who the fifth is on each side. I think a lot of people want to see Ibushi. Don't know if we're going to get there. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Going to be interesting to see who the fifth is going to be on the BCC side. But, you know, that, that will, I'm sure, play out. As far as this match goes, I was fine with it. Kate, your thoughts on the main? Match was really fun. Um, I know people have their complaints about Wheeler. I feel like he's his ROH stuff has been my favorite stuff of his that I've seen, and he just always looks more comfortable in that environment. But, like, that guy when the bell rings can go. This was a whole bunch of fun. Kenny's ridiculous. We are getting a little bit into, like, gang wars territory. This is getting a little much of, like, Every episode of Dynamite ending with like somebody running off somebody. Uh, the go home shot too kind of cut short the Dark Order piece of this, which was a bummer. Like it was just poorly paced, at least from my broadcast. Um, so that was that was kind of a bummer because I feel like that's an important seed that is getting sown here. But uh, but match was really really good. This was a fun main event. Uh, Kenny doing a match like this after Forbidden Door this quickly is mad and nerve-wracking but really cool and selfless of him um but yeah this was perfectly suitable way to end the show and i'll say this 
Kyle, before jumping to you, I agree with you, Kate, on the gang warfare thing. It's just hard to break away from that when you this are is it, right? a gang yeah. warfare, like blow off. So it's like, I, I get it. I'm with you. I'm like, please, like we can do something else to end the show. But I get it. They're trying to move, you know, to blood and guts. Let's just hope after that we're we're done. They all say it's over after this. So let's hope they hold true. Anyway, Kyle, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, all good. I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of interpersonal relationships going on there. So I mean, it, it's always fun to see all of those different things collide in ways that you don't always think about. So that's, I mean, there's, there's some fun to be had there. Uh, Wheeler did mo more than held up his end of things. Uh, this is, I, uh, I looked it up and this is his first singles match in AEW since February. Jeez. This is his first single. Uh, if you go, if you include ROH, it's his first singles match since uh, March. Or I'm sorry. No, since April. Jeez. But Wheeler's been in tags, multi-man tag matches. Wheeler's just been doing all tags. So this is for singles match in several months. But uh, he held up. He did a great job. Uh, I love the story that it looked like they were telling where uh, with Kenny's injury and with the skills that Wheeler has developed through the Blackpool Combat Club, he's able to take advantage uh, with the in with the interference of Don Callis and Takesha. He's able to take advantage, but he's not quite experienced enough to finish the job. He can't quite hit that next level yet. And uh, Wheeler Yuta is only 26 years old. He's got a long future ahead of him, and he's going to be very, very good. But I love seeing the Dark Order pop in at the end. I wish we could have had it paced better, like Kate said, just to try to see what was happening there, because I'm super invested in the story they're telling in Ring of Honor as well with Stu Grayson. Uh, this, the, the story that they're telling with Hangman, uh, what where I think that story is going in Ring of Honor with... Uh, Stu Grayson just wanting Dark Order to to fight for him and go after him and really prove how much he means to them. You know, I, I think you're seeing that evolution of Dark Order, which is a fun little uh, a side thing that's going on. Like this accomplished a whole lot of things and was a really fun match to boot. You know, like this is going to be great. Well, we're leading to blood and guts. We've got to get the fifth members in. So hopefully this picture becomes a little more clear because blood and guts, I believe, is coming up on the 19th. So they got to give us some answers next week. So we will see what happens on Dynamite next week. So we're getting ready to wrap things up. A couple pieces of news and notes. Uh, last week, um, we saw Sting. Sting! Uh, we saw Sting uh, take an awful high-risk uh, spot uh, and thankfully um, did avoid, uh, you know, some uh, some really serious injuries. But he did, um, he did uh, you know, uh, injure his mouth. So um, I believe that he may have lost a tooth, and I think he needed some stitches, but... The update here is just that uh, I think a lot of people thought that he perhaps was concussed. It appears he wasn't, uh, at least from what I saw. So 
Thank God. And maybe they have to tell Sting, let's start pulling back on some of this shit a little bit. Please, dear God. Or learn to place your fucking tables. God, continual issue there, man. Well, I think the other rumor was that, um, um, like, Sammy was supposed to move from the table and didn't get off the table. So, like, it was not necessarily the way it was supposed to go. Either way, Sting shouldn't be going fucking off the top of ladders at 60-whatever. So... Thank God. Sting isn't hurt. Um, that's one. Two, um, Fight Forever's been out now for almost a week. Uh, I've picked it up and played it a little bit. I know I was talking to Schlong about it last week because he got to play it before I did. Um, I think we both, well, I think we would both agree. Fun game, easy to pick up and play, but there is a lot of sort of repetitiveness uh, you know, two things like the story mode, it's not cross platform and all that kind of jazz. But the news that we have here is that at the very least, uh, it appears that, uh, Kenny Omega is responding to the feedback, uh, on some of it, um, uh, about, you know, um, you know, sort of what's to come. Uh, and he did say as someone who plays a ton of fighting games in FPS, which is first person shooters for those non gamers out there. I'll always encourage fixes and rebalancing when situations like these turn up. There will be. What's that? For those of you non-gamers out there, just at me next time, bro. You're not the only non-gamer. It's true. It feels that way. No. Uh, But uh, he says there will be continued support for the game. So all this feedback and suggestions are great. Thank you. So. Throw your feedback and suggestions out there. Maybe Kenny will see it and they'll throw out some fixes. But there are some bug fixes they definitely need to get out there and stuff like that. Either way, I don't know if any, uh, I don't know if you've played it, Kyle, or or seen it. But I, I think it's, I think it's a pretty fun game. Like I've been able to pick it up with with my six year old and just play. Like he gets it. He just can mash buttons and be able to pull off moves and stuff like that. So, you know, I think it's fun for that. Yeah, no, I I've ju- I just have a Switch is the only console that I have that's less than three generations old. Partially because you know the kids dig it. I do play it occasionally. I did pick. I was sure to pick up Fight Forever when that was coming out. I've enjoyed it tremendously so far. Uh, all the No Mercy comparisons and WCW and WO comparisons are super apt. I haven't really dug too much into the meat of it yet, but. It's a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to continued support and patches and fixes and continued development. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I figured uh, we're in 2023, right? Bug fixes and patches go out all the time, so I'm sure they'll be working through it all. But it is definitely not as buggy as some of the other wrestling games we've seen in recent future where guys are falling through the ring and you know getting stuck in ropes and stuff like that. But Those are the ones I like. Those are fun videos to watch, but when you're playing, it's very annoying. Very. Don't play it. Uh, so we spoke about it a little bit before. Uh, New Japan had two shows happen on the 4th and the 5th. For those of you uh, who maybe didn't see anything from these cards, we'll run through them real quick and the results. We're not going to dig too deep. But from the July 4th show... Uh, the first of the two Independence Day shows. Uh, if you didn't see the photos, uh, Moxley was pretty much given a mohawk of skewers. That guy has a fucking problem. 
My goodness. Um, but uh, I don't understand what the problem is. Well, he looks like a fucking psychopath with I don't know <laughs> three dozen skewers in his head. Um, either way, the results: Yo, uh, Taguchi and uh, Oscar Lube defeated Kengo. Dragon Libre and uh, Takahiro Katori. Bad Dude Tito defeated the DKC. Yeah, Bad Dude Tito. Well, TMDK. We love him and Wizards podcast guest when Matt's power went out. That's very true. Uh, JR Kratos, Joel, uh, Jarrell Nelson, and Royce Isaacs defeated Alex Zane, Lance Archer, and Ryohei Oiwa. Some of these names, I have no idea. Filthy Tom uh, defeated uh, Kose Fujita. Uh, Eddie Kingston and Rocky Ramiro defeated Kenta and Guido. Willow Nightingale and Momo Kogo defeated Julia and uh, Thecla. Bullet Club War Dogs, which is Alex Coughlin and uh, Gabe Kidd, defeated uh, Bishamon, which is Haruki Goto and Yoshihashi via pinfall. Bullet Club War Dogs, Drilla Maloney and Clark Connors defeated Catch-22, TJP and Francesca Gira, and El Desperado and June Kasai defeated John Moxley and Homicide. Uh, so uh, for those who care, check that out. Uh, it looked like a fantastic show. The big news that Kate really wants to get to is the results of Night 2, Well, which happened, I guess, today, July 5th. Um, the real Independence Day. Well, you know, pump the brakes there. This is America, damn it. Eddie Kingston gained independence from everything that's been holding him back from winning a title. Well, I guess. Uh, so wholesome. Eddie, Kings- Eddie Kingston did um, wind up winning gold here. Uh, so um, he defeated Kenta. Kate, would you like to announce it? Go ahead. Sorry, I'm stepping all over you. What, that Kenta, the thief of CM Punk's finisher, lost his title to your new New Japan Strong Openweight Champion, Eddie Kingston, partner? That's right. That's right. He wins gold. He's not so much of a goddamn loser as everybody thought he was. You knock it off. Hey. He said, Jay White, you get the fuck out of New Japan, and he bounced them. And then you know what else he does? Comes and wins his title. Well, I well, guess that's true. Hikaleo bounced him out of Japan, and then Eddie finished the job and bounced him out of yeah, New Japan and JPW all together. It's a beautiful thing. And then he said, I'm taking a title over there. That's very true. Enjoy hanging out with the fucking guns, Jay. I'm going to come win some gold. And, and I don't I don't even remember Kenta beating Hikaleo to win the title back. <laughs> like that I forget what show that even happened on. But Kenta he's not his best self right now. He's had a rough six months or so. And he lobbied for a match that he didn't take for like eleven years. And now he lost to Eddie Kingston. I shouldn't say that. He didn't lose to Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston won. Okay. I like it. You've corrected yourself. Eddie Kingston <laughs> wins gold in Kate's heart. He already uh, had my heart. Uh, true. Elsewhere, Master Wado, Oleg Bolton, and uh, Taguchi defeated Dragon Lee, Rekka, and Takahiro Katori. 
Satoshi Kojima defeated Oscar Lube. Uh, Catch-22, Francesco Akira and TJP, defeated Homicide and uh, Ryohei Oiwa. Uh, Bullet Club War Dogs, Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney, defeated Chaos. Even though it wasn't the real Chaos, Kate, it was Rocky Ramiro and Yo. Was Sue there? Sue was not there, I don't believe. So this was like, you know, sort of chaos, but not really chaos. It was like chaos gold, basically, is what you're saying. Chaos light. They, they've, got to, they've got to save Sue's Corican Hall debut for a much bigger show. That's right. That's the Wrestle Kingdom debut, if I've ever heard one, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Alex Zane and Lance Archer defeated TMDK, uh, Bad Dude Tito, and Kosei Fujita. And actually, afterwards... Uh, Alex Zane and Archer announced that they're going to continue teaming as Murder Sauce. That name also, fucking rules. I've also seen them listed as the Murder Sauce Monsters. I like that. That is, that is also good. It is, but just Murder Sauce is like, that's next level. <laughs> uh, Tanahashi, the DKC, and Tomohiro Ishii defeated Filthy Tom, uh, Team Filthy. That's Jarrell Nelson, Royce Isaacs, and Tom Lawler. Wrestle Kingdom 18 was officially announced for its usual time and place. That's January 4th at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, and it looks like right now it is one night. Uh, Good. Julia be. wound up defeating Willow Nightingale via pinfall to become the new New Japan Strong Women's Champion. Unfortunately, my girl lost her gold, but it's okay. Uh, probably a good call since she wasn't actually supposed to win it and has a lot going on over here but that's awesome and julia is like the hot name on the street too so that who knows what we'll see in a possible return shot and what crossover there will be with AEW. very true uh bishamon haruki goto and yoshihashi defeated bullet club war dogs out offline and gabe kid eddie kingston defeated kenta to become the new Japan strong open weight champ and John Moxley defeated El Desperado in a final death match. Both of those shows can be seen on new Japan world. I assume. So if you're up for it, go check it out. Borrow and, Matt's login. I mean, go check it out. Go buy it uh, with Matt's login. Anyway. <laughs> um, and two final sort of things that came through the wire here late. Um, uh, on uh, Grill and JR, uh, JR was talking about his recent health issues and revealed he doesn't have much time left on his AEW contract, but he did say he is not worried about what happens when it's done um, as he just wants to enjoy helping younger talent for however long he's able to be there. So we'll see what happens, but apparently not much time left. And uh, in some good news, uh, Diamante, this came from Fightful Select. Diamante has been bumped up to a full time contract with AEW. Um, she isn't on a full uh, AEW, like all elite graphic level sort of deal, but she is a full time contracted AEW wrestler. So good on Diamante. I want to see more of Diamante. I know she had been, you know, showing up uh, in Ring of Honor and had some good appearances. Um, could be a great place for her to show up in collision. Seems like a good place for her to, to get some time in. Um, but uh, good for Diamante. I Hell believe she has, yeah. I believe she has also been announced for tomorrow's ROH uh, 
I believe against Vanessa Craven. So she will oh, be on sick. She's awesome. Fuck yeah. So that should be a lot of fun there. Uh, super long overdue. Yeah. Glad to see it. But that's it, folks. That's all I got. Unless uh, either of you two have any other things to discuss. No, this this was the only important thing that happened to wrestling this week. Eddie Kingston? <laughs> yeah. Winning the title. Okay. That was great. Good time. Doesn't matter. Just Eddie. <laughs> Kate, you we have can to, say goodnight. You have to get like a little tiny belt. Um, <gasps> I should get a teeny tiny New Japan Strong Open Weight belt. I don't know if there is one, but I'm sure we can make it. Oh, I can create it. My dad has a 3D printer. I'm on it. Do you know how to Perfect. use CAD? Nah, but he can. He, okay. he does a lot of things for his daughters. Just give him a picture of the belt and say, I need this uh, one yeah. 78th scale. Well then, uh, let's wrap it up uh, and take this thing home. Uh, Kate, I'm going to go to you because you've got probably the most going on. So why don't you tell the people where you're at? Uh, I'm on Fightful Overbooked on Sundays. I'm on Select on Mondays. I'm on the Fightful Main YouTube Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. I'm here on Wednesday. Go to at Miss Kate Fabe on Twitter for commentary gigs and stuff that are coming up and for all my other shit, including the schedule. I just said. Excellent. Uh, and Kyle K sparks, anything going on you want to tell the people about? Uh, yeah, actually I've, uh, just announced, uh, this uh, just announced today, actually just finalized everything. We're kicking off tomorrow night. Uh, I will be co-hosting the ROH's post show for love wrestling. With, hell yeah! Uh, with Robert De Felice, and double hell yeah, that rules. And, and <laughs> when Ky and when Kylie comes back, she will be part of this as well. We will be a trio when she's back. So that's going to be starting Thursdays at ten on Love Wrestling. That's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Um, other than that, I'm bouncing around. Uh, you can follow me at Kyle K Sparks on Twitter. Uh, anything I'm doing, I will be mentioning there. And uh, yeah, it should be about it. See everybody. I I would say see me tomorrow night, but a lot of people are also going to be watching Kate tomorrow night. So we'll see how that splits the audience. It'll be fun. No, 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 no. <laughs> We've all got multiple screens. Watch both post shows at the same time and compare me and Kyle's takes. That'd be great. Kyle's are going to be better. Newsflash. Probably. <laughs> he is like the ROH guy. This <laughs> is probably true. No offense, Kate. I was like, this was fun. Reg, what do you think? That's the whole show. No offense, Kate, but Kyle like spews these Ring of a Ring of Honor facts like off the no, top. That's awesome. Dome. He's like Rayman. It rules. I can't but it doesn't matter because there's no <laughs> stories. It's just gonna be like, oh, the in-ring was great, but it would be nice if any of our champions showed up. Or at least defended their titles. Well, that's true. I can't recall anything from any time anywhere. Like I talked to Tom talks rubbish and he was asking me stuff and I'm like, uh, I, uh, I can't tell you who wrestled on what show. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to say this. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm not an idiot savant. I, like some people, I just don't know it. Well, uh, I'm only here Wednesday nights. Uh, and whenever we maybe do some other bonus stuff here on the Mark order podcast, you can follow me on Twitter Ant money, Instagram at Ant money, 24 seven, 
not super active, but feel free to follow me. And uh, follow us on the Mark Order Podcast, at Mark Order Pod, on all of our socials, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Threads, uh, YouTube, all the places. You can go to any one of our social profiles. Click the link tree. You could find links to everything. We'll throw the threads up, I guess, there, too, just in case you want to follow. It's brand new. Who knows how active we're going to be on it. But we're there. That's the important thing. We're there. Thanks to everybody who watched along live tonight. Uh, Jesse Ozog, Rob Humphrey, Scott George, 1LT Photo. I can't scroll and wave at the same time. Uh, Pedro, uh, blah, blah, blah. Gordon Post, uh, Sloanamite I saw in here briefly before. Uh, Asian Joe, everybody else who I'm leaving out, my apologies. I can't scroll back that far that quickly. But thank you. To everybody who watched and chatted along tonight, we love seeing you interact and and stuff like that, and and uh, talk to each other. Um, if you are listening to us in podcast form, we thank you as well. We love you guys for uh, for listening. If you never tried watching us in YouTube form, you should certainly do it. It's a lot of fun to see Kate hugging and uh, kissing her Eddie Kingston uh, doll or action figure. Excuse me, it's not a doll; it's an action figure or sport. Whatever you'd like. Um, but wherever you're watching or listening to us, what you can do to help us out, which takes like two seconds of your time, give us a follow, give us a, a subscribe, like rate review. All of that stuff helps us. I know it seems like this can't help you. It absolutely does. So if you could take a moment and, uh, give us, you know, a follow subscribe, like we appreciate it. Uh, same thing on socials. That stuff helps us. So even if you mute us, I don't care. If you give us a follow, it helps us. Great. Uh, the other thing you could do if you want to help support us uh, right now is head over to our Pro Wrestling Tea Store. We have our link in our uh, link tree. Uh, and you can order a T-shirt. Uh, there's 4th of July sale going on until July 7th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Use code AMERICA23. To get 20% off your Pro Wrestling Tees order, there's also free U.S. shipping on orders over $150. So hit the link tree. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com. slash That's true. Be an ally. Or just search Mark Order Podcast on Pro Wrestling Tees. Our store will pop up. We've got four designs up, two front prints, two double prints. And any money you spend there will go back to this show and help us do the things we need to do. Like Which features? Stickers, a woman. That stuff. It does feature a woman. So, Kate, if people buy a t-shirt, who are they supporting? Women. Nailed it. Nailed it. And that's it, guys. We are done for tonight. Uh, Kyle, always is a pleasure having you uh, having you sit in with us, Kyle. Thank you for uh, for joining us here tonight. We look forward to having you back in the future. Always a pleasure. Thank, thanks for having me. I always appreciate uh, getting the call. Glad to help out. No problem. We didn't even, and honestly, uh, Kate, uh, Kyle, Kate, Jesus, Kyle, we didn't honestly know that Ryan wasn't joining us until super, like until after I was like, Hey, you want to come and talk wrestling with us tonight? <laughs> like it just happened that Ryan wasn't here. It was going to be four of us. Of course, Ryan was like, I'm no fun. I'm not going to join tonight. Blah, blah, and so blah. So then we had to invite Eddie Kingston. That's it worked right. out well. It did. It worked We should have done an interview in retrospect, but with Eddie next Kingston. Time. Yeah, he's here. Well, I guess that's right. Sorry, partner. 
Anyway, um, thank you all for checking us out tonight. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Kate. And we'll see you all next week on the Mark Order Podcast, Wednesday nights, 1015 following Dynamite on YouTube Live and in podcast form. We'll see you all next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. This concludes the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.